Welcome to the Solo BG Podcast. In this podcast, we talk about solo and cooperative games. We also bring you news, audio unboxings, Kickstarter updates, and interviews with amazing personalities around the industry. We hope you enjoy this episode. And now, here's your host, Derek Rodriguez. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Solo BG Podcast, episode 127. And if this is your first time in the podcast, well, I always say this, but this is a board game podcast where we focus mainly, mainly, most of the time, in um, solo and cooperative board games. Also, our podcast is part of the Dice Tower Network, so you can find a lot of other amazing podcasts on the DiceTower.com. You go under their podcast sections or the network section, and then you will find all of the amazing podcasts over there. Uh, thankfully to all of you, our podcast, it's on the hotness right now on the, I guess, Dice Tower Network podcasts, I guess. Uh, so thank you for that. And yes, you can find us there uh, and you can find a lot of other fantastic uh, podcasts, you know, around there. Also remember that you can follow us on social media at SoloBG Podcast, just like that. You can uh, look for us on Facebook, Instagram, or X slash previously known as uh, as Twitter. So yeah, you can find us there. Uh, the last episode that we record was... Um, you know, the Halloween special, actually. Uh, and um, back then, you know, it's been a long time because that one was released on October 31st. Um, with life, I had I have been busy, so I haven't had a chance to, to record. This is going to be the last episode of the year. And then one of my resolutions for next year is be definitely, definitely more constant than uh, this year. Uh, you will hear during this episode with my guest that I mentioned that uh, my wife and I, we had, uh, we were we were blessed with twins uh, all around the summer, and of course that has that has kept me very very busy. But now that life is more adapted, I guess to a certain extent, um, you know, constant constant basis will come uh, next year, and I will be recording very very often in the way I can deliver uh, episodes to you, my friends. I want to say hi to the countries that they listened, uh, the most listened countries from last episode, and this is uh, my way to interact to all of you. Uh, with all of you, I'm sorry, and this was for the Halloween episode. United States, United Kingdom, Germany, Australia, Canada, Spain, Sweden, Netherlands, Greece, and Norway. Thank you so much to all of you uh, listeners among those countries and for listening to the last episode, which once again, it was a Halloween special. Um, also, Monson, Massachusetts, Sydney, New South Wales, New York, New York, Chicago, Illinois, uh, Washington, D.C., Seattle, Washington, Tampa, Florida, Indianapolis, Indiana, Melbourne, Victoria, Frankfurt in Germany, uh, Stockholm, uh, Los Angeles, California, um, uh, Perth, Western Australia, uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Ottawa, Ontario, Sacramento, California, St. Paul, Minnesota, Madison, Wisconsin, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Decatur, Georgia, Wichita, Kansas, Orlando, Florida, etc., etc., etc. Thank you so much for listening to the previous episode once again. And I promise next year will be way more often than uh, this second part of this 2023. Uh, during this episode, I have my guest, Michael Kelly, as you can read in the title of the episode. We had a blast. Uh, we uh, both share our top five of this year. We also talk about other games. Um, you know, it's no secret that you're going to be listening to me saying that Nemesis is my 
a favorite game of all times. Spoiler alert, he also going to mention his favorite games of all times. So that's that's nice. So you can check it out. Um, but, I mean, we talk about the Nemesis campaign right now, the crowdfunding, which probably, when you're listening to this episode, uh, the crowdfunding campaign is over. But, of course, the late pledge and pledge manager will come anytime during next year, 2024. Um, and, yeah, so I really enjoyed this interview with Mike. I had a blast. I want to think that he had a blast as well. We talk a lot about many aspects of the hobby, uh, many aspects of each game, as we were mentioning. And I hope you enjoy. I do hope you enjoy. Um, you're gonna mention. You're gonna hear this towards the end of the episode. But in case you don't know Michael Kelly, uh, he is the lead on the One Stop Co-op channel. Um, you can find them on YouTube, and they have a Patreon. They have a Discord channel. They have social media. But more importantly, on just if you go to YouTube, they have a lot of content there, weekly content. Uh, you know, Colin is also another of the guys that he's there. Um, Jason Perez, also he recorded some videos for them, um, among other people that I'm probably missing. So One Stop Cop Shop, once again, your place for solo gaming uh, video content creation, I guess. So check it out. And once again, um, a huge thanks to Mike too for accepting the invitation. I also want to say hi to my friend uh, Elizabeth Davidson. Um, she was supposed to be from Beyond Solitary. I'm sorry. She was supposed to be on this episode, but uh, there was a conflict with schedule because I had to reschedule this recording. So unfortunately, uh, it didn't work for her anymore. But um, we did the commitment and the promise <laughs> for hopefully having her in the show in a future episode. So with that being said, just stay tuned for that as well. And I think that's it. I'm going to let you now with the episode. I hope you enjoy. And once again, this is our top five of 2023 with the interview with my guest, with my friend, Michael Kelly from One Stop Cop Shop. <laughs> Yeah, how is over there, Mike? Right now, you were telling me a little bit before hit the, hitting the record button that it's a little bit cold over there. I'm assuming that gives you time also to, besides your, you know, mainly things of recording videos all the time, to also play some games just for your happiness and joy, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. And actually, I've been playing. So I've got an eight-year-old and eleven-year-old boy. Okay. And. The 11-year-old has been a gamer for a while with me, but the 8-year-old's starting to get into it, too. So uh-huh. <laughs> I'm actually playing a lot of competitive games with them, which is clearly outside my, like, cooperative and, and solo kind of focus, but it's been fun. Well, that's nice. So uh, both of them already, you already got them into the hobby world, then? I mean, a little bit. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the 11-year-old will play. He's even played, like, Spirit Island with me and stuff, so he's he's a really oh, good reader. Yeah. He, he does all right. The eight-year-old only plays two or three games regularly. What's what's really cool, this is pretty new. Um, Mm -hmm. One of our favorite games is Exceed, the level 99, like, fighting game, the Mm -hmm. card game. Um, They play against each other sometimes in the mornings, which is awesome. Like, the idea that they don't need me to be involved. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was going to say, like, maybe you were, like, the referee or something sometimes between... Between games and I would call like match matches between them, you know, that's fun. Oh man, yeah, they, they get into it. That's the one negative thing. Since Exceed is like a fighting game, yeah. And sometimes you 
really get beat badly. Yeah, they they, uh, they don't always they don't always handle losing very well. Well, I mean, you know, they're getting there. But hey, it's good. And I'm saying this because um, personally, and I think I have shared this in the past in the podcast. My wife and I we just had twins um, on on last June, so they're gonna be. Six months, we are recording on December 13th. They're going to be six months on December 16th. And one of my dreams, of course, uh, for my little boy or my little girl, it's at least for one of them to, to you know, to ask me eventually when they become seven or eight-year-olds, like, hey, daddy, let's play a game tonight or something. Now, of course, that's the plan and that's the dream for almost, I would say, in general, the general, you know, population of, of board gamers. Like, we always dream about that, like that our kids are going to follow, follow our steps into the hobby world. I have some friends personally that... That's the case to a, to an extent, but I have some others that they are very heavy gamers, and you know that's their main passion or one of the main passions. But the kids they just don't they just don't get involved. So I guess you have to share your secret, right? Maybe they see you working all the time on the with with the yeah. hobby and everything. I mean, it's a few things. So uh-huh. first of all, I do have a ton of cooperative games. I think that helps a lot. Sure. And I I, I myself like to have some lighter, quicker, more accessible games. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I think if you're like a heavy gamer and all you're playing every day is like Lahav and uh, I don't know Twilight Imperium Fourth Edition, then it might be a little tough to get your kids to be interested. Sure, sure. sure. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, but but I yeah, I mean they're around it all the time. They're seeing me recording. They think that's kind of interesting. There there's shelves of games in the basement that they walk by all the time. Mm-hmm. But really, what like Harrison, my older one, he was into it some. Mm-hmm. What really was the magic trick, and this is just luck, sure. is that a few of his friends at school play games. So we actually had like four friends over one day. This is about a year ago now, mm-hmm. and they were pl- like they were playing games that I would think are necessarily great. They were playing like exploding kittens and Uno, but hey, they're still fun. They were playing. Yeah, they had like a game party for multiple hours, and I was like, sure. all right, this is great. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's awesome. By the way, I wanted to say, uh-huh. <laughs> this is a pretty recent development. You were saying like the dream. So I got a FaceTime from my wife and my kids when I was at uh, PAX Unplugged, which okay. was a week or two ago. Uh-huh. And my kids were like really excited. I was like, oh, what are they so excited about? So besides liking Exceed, uh, both my kids really like the Nintendo games. We have a Switch. Sure. They play a lot of uh, Smash Brothers. My my youngest, Colin, he loves Metroid. Oh, okay. He plays like Metroid Dread and Super Metroid, like an emulator, Super Nintendo one. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> so they called me on FaceTime and they mm-hmm. hold up this thing. And I'm like, what is that? They, <laughs> I'm still I'm still very proud. It's very, yeah, sure. it's very touching to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, they designed their own Exceed character. Of uh, Samus, the main, like, bounty hunter character from Metroid. Yeah, 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 sure. So uh, Harrison wrote out all the text and all, like, the numbers and everything and balanced it so it wouldn't be, like, too broken. Colin illustrated, hand-illustrated every card. (laughs) They created, um, they took, like, pieces of cardboard and put them together to make, like, a little deck box for it. And they were just, like, showing it off and talking me through all the powers. And now we, we play with it. It's, like, in our character rotation now. Like, we'll just bust it out sometimes. Sure thing. And it's a, li- it's a little broken. You know, they made it a little ah, too but, good. Yeah. Hey, but that's, <laughs> that, that's, that's you know, something it, to be it, very proud of. I mean, come on. Oh, like. no, it, was, it was so cool, man. Because it's kind of like, you know, my love of board gaming, sure. my love of design, you know, like, my t- kind of tinkering with games all coming together. It was it was really cool. Well, I'm sure, like, you know, that, that happiness, I can see it. Like, of course, our, our listeners are not seeing because we're talking through video and, just get the audio, but 
I'm sure they can notice the examine on your on your on your tone, you know, and and I can see it here reflected at all the problems. And man, I'm so happy and, and I envy you in a very good way. And I can wait, hopefully, for my future to be somewhat similar. Fingers crossed. That's right. Of course, I don't design, and you know, I don't create I don't create as as a professional content as you do. It's more like I guess amateur. I will call it, but. Uh, at least if, if they can, you know, join me in the table and, and, and play some games with me. I mean, if at some point they can play Nemesis, well, that would be like, like, you know, <laughs> something out of this world. But, you know, if they can play with me, I don't know, like the, uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, the Adventure to Mount Doom, the recent one from, uh, Cosmos yeah, Legends, yeah. something like that, that, you know, you can kind of guide them through the game. Oh man, that would be the dream for me. But anyway, you were talking about PAX U. That's right. You were just at PAX last week. How was that? Did you enjoy it? Did you like it? Yeah. So this is my, I want to say my third year going, I think. And I've never done a lot of conventions. It's not really my preferred (laughs) place to be. Okay. Even before COVID, I was never like a huge fan of giant crowds and like just constant noise. Like I already teach in a high school. I'm already surrounded by giant (laughs) crowds and constant noise all the time. Anyway, it's not really like a, a leisure activity for me. But PAX is pretty cool. At this point, I feel pretty comfortable with it. It's in Philly, and I'm north of D.C., so it's only about two hours away. Okay, not that bad. Um, yeah, and I go with Peter, my my co-designer and podcast co-host. I go with our friend Jerry, who's like our kind of weekly game buddy. Mm-hmm. And it was great. And this was this was the best convention I've done because what I've done in the past, I did this for Gen Con. I did my first Gen Con this year. I did it for PAX last year. What I usually do is I... I email every publisher I know or mm-hmm. I see that has like a really good co-op game or a really good solo game. Mm-hmm. And I just like schedule meetings for forever, like 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there. And I'm just running around. I'm always afraid of being late. I'm stressed out. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not really playing the games at these meetings. They're like showing me the game, sure. which is cool. Yeah, yeah That's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time I was like, forget that. Cause you know, number one, it's stressing me out. <laughs> number two, it's not as good content when I share about it later. I'm like, hey, I saw this game. Look pretty cool. That's like all I have to say about it, you yeah. know? <laughs> so this year I only met with people who had like a demo to run. And I only like did games that I could actually sit down and play at least a few rounds of. So yeah. with that, it was less stressful. I got to have like more kind of meaningful experiences with people. Mm-hmm. I got to really get a feel for how I'd like the game seem. I see. And yeah, it, it was a blast. Like I had, I had an awesome time. You know, now that we're talking about that, like um, how I, well, of course, I go to Gencon every year because literally um, the Indiana Convention Centers from where I live is 20 minutes uh, driving. Oh, my uh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> er- every day I-, I work in Helker. So every day that I go uh, to my to my job, I have to pass through. Like literally every day I drive through the convention center downtown Indianapolis, right? Um, so for me, I mean, it would be incredible not to go, of course, to Gencon, right? Um, what I've been doing in the past, I, I, well, since I started the podcast back in 2017, I think it was, um, I was always like similar to what you were doing, right? Like scheduling a bunch of meetings and basically, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I will meet with a bunch of publishers, which in a way for me, since I'm locally based, um, it was also an opportunity for them to save shipping, I guess, and give me review copies, right? Um, but this year I wanted to do it differently. And I kind of like mimic what you just said, right? So I try to book only a few appointments each day. And in that way, I could actually enjoy as a gamer and as a, just an attendee, you know, just 
you know, going through the halls and trying to find those hidden gems, those very independent games that mm-hmm. I would be eager to buy. Um, so, and I think that I had a better experience that way, you know, as well. Um, but like I said, for me, at least the difference is that once again, since I'm locally based, the arrangements for, you know, getting the review copies and, 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 and for them also to, to save that shipping, uh, of course, as long as they don't, so they don't sell out, um, that's also, I guess like a win-win, uh, and then what I just do as you, as you know, listeners, I just prepare that Gen Con special episodes where I talk briefly about the games, mostly of the games that I got the opportunity to receive in that way. I can try to play them as, at least a few rounds each, uh, and, or at least look at the components and tell you, tell you guys and, and share with the audience, um, you know, what I think of it. But yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, it's a very different experience when you go, I guess, as a content creator, even if you have, a, even if it's like my case that I have, you know, a small audience or a small channel or like you, that you have like that empire of one-stop cop shop, right? <laughs> I mean, you probably will agree that it's a very different experience. I don't know if you ever went before one-stop cop shop or maybe almost like I would say like an incognito now with a one-stop cop shop to enjoy a convention more as a, as, a ten, as an attendee versus a content creator. Um, at least now this year I discovered that it's, it's, it's very different in, in, in just dividing the time, right? Like I really enjoy my experience as an attendee. With that being said, you mentioned it that you like really like PAX U, that you don't go to many conventions. From the one that you have been, which one was, you, would you, you would say is your favorite? Is it PAX U? I don't know if you have been in Origins. I don't know if you have no, been in I've, any of the Dice Tower, you know, cruises events. I've only events, been, or... yeah, I mean, like literally. So the, the one other convention I've gone to several times is what we call the Unpublished Game Convention, okay. which is usually like around Baltimore. Okay. Um, maybe like an hour north of me. And that one I've I've never gone to, like I, I kind of stopped going to it once. The one-stop sh- uh, co-op shop stuff was like really going because we were going there to like demo our games and try mm-hmm. out things, you know, and like yeah. meet people and stuff. Uh, so that, that's a really fun one, but it's for a very like specific niche I thing, see. you know. You don't like go there to see new published games. They aren't <laughs> ready yet, <laughs> you sure. know. Uh, but yeah, between one year of Gen Con and like PAX this year and the last few years, PAX is, again, slightly more my speed. It's a little okay. smaller. It's a lot less crowded. It's easier to just, like, sit down and find a table. I feel like Gen Con, unless I had a scheduled appointment, I couldn't just, like, roll up and play a game. There'd be, like, a <laughs> line of 20 people, you know what I mean? Or I'd have yeah. to, like, go get a ticket or something. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I think Gen Con is definitely better um, for seeing games early, for buying stuff before anybody else can buy it. You know, the best PAX has is it's it's got some of the Essen releases, I guess, and, like, that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I'd say for, for what I'm going for, PAX is better. But for the average person, I imagine Gen Con would be the better uh, convention. And before we go into our top five, because as you could read on the title of this episode, Top 5 Games of 2023, more like Top 5 Experience, I guess, uh, as a solo gamers, Mike and I personally, and also... You know, we will talk about that. Don't worry. We we will give you that that piece of the cake. Um, I I don't know from the demos that you remember that you try at Gen Con if there was anyone that you really like. And I mentioned this because I personally, I'm a huge fan of Adam Kwapinski, of course. Because I mean, I will spoil right now, and then I will ask you this during the episode. But my favorite game ever, and I don't have any problem in saying it, is Nemesis. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the the original one. I just it gives me everything I'm looking for. But um, he, I got the opportunity to meet him first of all for the first time, and then he showed me. Which I don't know if you tried the, his upcoming game of the Call of Cthulhu, which is basically on this train, you know, where where you're being hunted by all these HP Lovecraft classic monsters, and there's also some 
characters that they could be either bad guys or good guys. You don't know. And it's all this HP Lovecraft mystery. But in, of course, I feel like in a more complicated, epic way, you know, the seal of Adam Kwapinski. I don't know if you had a, a chance to try that one. And if you did, like, was that one that probably caught most of your attention or you had, or you discovered other one that you were like, man, everyone should be keeping an eye for this one because this is something that really, really, really attracted me, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of great games at Gen Con, but you, you nailed it 100%. I also got to play Horror on the Orient Express. Horror on the Express, yeah, that was the name. I also got to... I think that was the first time I met Adam in person. I've talked to him, like, on Facebook and stuff a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's a great guy, super nice. And, yeah, that was my... When I did my video, that was my number one uh, game of Gen oh, Con as okay. well. I thought, yeah, and, and what you were saying, I think... It's so hard. Like, I don't know what Adam's deal is. <laughs> he, he, like, hates to let people win his games, I think. <laughs> um, like, we put, I got to play about more than half a game, and I was like, we're not winning this. We're so dead. He was like, hey, you're not going to win this time. You know, it's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, and the Nemesis is so hard, and I think he worked on Frostpunk, if I remember right, and that one's mm-hmm. so hard. Like, he just loves, and this war of mine is so hard. Man. Like, he loves mm-hmm. challenging games. But besides that, exactly what you said, like it's it's like there's so much stuff going on, mm-hmm. but it, it was all so, so thematic that it all made sense and it was all exciting. Like there's a vampire like reaching in through the wind, you know, and there's and you got to close the windows. So he's or open the windows. So yeah. The sun goes away. But oh, oh, if you open the windows, these other Cthulhu <laughs> monsters will grab you like outside of the train. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like try to track down who's a cultist. And I love the. uh the way, like, your character unique actions worked and how you leveled them up and you can get, like, the spells to get even more powerful ones. Yeah, so I that's definitely one of my most uh, anticipated games. I saw it again at PAX, but this time I didn't play it. I made uh, Peter and Jerry play it. Okay. And they had a fun time with it, too. And, and Jerry is a big... Because um, the, the Horror on the Orient Express is originally a big uh, module for the Call of Cthulhu RPG. Okay. And Jerry, Jerry's a big Call of Cthulhu uh, role-playing game player, so he was, like, really into playing the board game uh, uh-huh. thing as well. I wonder what, what, yes. what were her thoughts? Like, did he like how, I guess, the transition from the RPG into now into an actual Call of Cthulhu sort of, like, tabletop experience? Yeah, it's always interesting. Um they were being taught by not Adam. <laughs> so <laughs> it was somebody who didn't like know the game as well and wasn't able to like kind of keep it moving as quickly. Um, I think they said they were getting distracted while they were playing. So for them, it was like a little bit longer and felt more complicated. Yeah. But, you know, I think if I sat down with them and I was running the game and making it go smoothly and everything, I think they would have had a blast. So they still enjoyed it a lot, but they were like, oh man, that, that was really long and that was really hard. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's both true. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm like that we agree on, 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 you know, having these huge expectations. And just to close this subject, like, I, I just cannot imagine how big of this campaign could be uh, from the uh, from the standpoint of uh, manufacturing this game, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you remember uh, clearly, you have this fantastic train on the board and you're jumping from or you're moving better said from wagon to wagon right uh all the way to the front to the back and then the miniatures so i'm assuming this will be which i went in realms is not the publisher i think it's another publisher which i don't remember the name it's uh chaosium Chaosium. they're the main ones who do the rpg and they're trying to break into board games more so i can definitely see it being something like a pledge with the cardboard and then a pledge with the you know plastic train and like going crazy on the on the yeah, they the, might have like some three hundred, four hundred dollar <laughs> insane level, you know. Hey, but if if you're the one of those people that like the giant Cthulhu from Cthulhu that may die, 
why not jump here? But anyway, hey, I, I gotta uh, ask you real quick sure. before we get to the top five, just because you said it's your favorite. Uh, did you see the coverage of Nemesis Retaliation? Like, what what do you think of the new Nemesis? Well, I think it's very interesting, and you know, um, we just record. Let me tell you this: we just recorded um, the top five episode on Solo BG podcast in Espanol, which I do with two other friends from Mexico City. And we were talking like 30 minutes about the whole campaign, right, of the of Game Fund right now. And it's very interesting, a few things. Um, one of them, which I thought is different, is different, of course, and interesting, is the way that, I guess, the way of implementing their mar- marketing strategies, marketing strategies for this campaign, right? Like, you, you do definitely have now this all-in pledge of 900 and some dollars to get everything, which I think is a great price. And if someone should, if someone asks me, like, Derek, do you think it's worth it? I will say every single penny. But um, I also think it's interesting how they did it with just multiple add-ons all over the place in a way, right? Mm. Like, you can get – you can go all-in or you can customize your pledge to – basically to any way you like, right? Including the the promos, the acrylic tokens, the the untold stories, which they were part of stretch goals on lockdown, and they were also part of the I think the stretch goals on the original Nemesis as well. Mm-hmm. And right now they're close to ten millions. We are at the time of the recording, we are about twelve hours or twenty four hours before they close their their pledge manager. Of course, then plus whatever you I'm sorry their crowdfunding campaign. Once they get to the pledge manager, more money will come in or more profit for them. But it's just crazy to think that it's, I, I don't I don't remember any other game. That has been on those numbers as near like close to ten million dollar. Yeah, as far as crowdfunding, I don't remember. I just don't. Yeah, I'm trying to remember how much like Frosthaven was because I know that was a huge one. But I think uh, a big part of it is just the strategy of having all these multiple add-ons and options that you can get everything. And honestly, my opinion was that well, the coverage I've been trying to follow it. I'm very excited about the game. Uh, I love the idea of the trilogy. Uh, which it makes you feel like, to me, in my experience, spoiler alert, it won't be on my top five this year because that's on my top ever. But um, just the experience that Nemesis gives me or, or, or what I have experienced even with a bunch of playthroughs with different amount of players and with different amount of versions, either fully cooperative or semi-cooperative, um, it's always an experience like a movie, right? And I just I just love two things, that they're closing the trilogy, saying, like, that's it for, at least for this part of the game. Of course, the universe of Nemesis can expand to other games, to, uh, like, there is the escape room, the little escape room, I remember the name, uh, different things that they can do with the universe. But at least now they're closing this trilogy of movie experience, I will almost compare it to. And mm-hmm. I love the idea where, you know, the first game, it was like, oh, you're, you basically cannot defeat the aliens, and it's too hard. And once you see the queen, basically everything is done and uh, almost like the horror right and the and the, and the and the awareness that if you move through a tunnel to try to you know if you i'm sorry if you move through a i guess a hallway i guess i don't remember the exact name but if, if you connect to another room and you roll the dice you don't know what's going to happen you don't know what's going to pop up it's just you are so so weak i guess and then yeah. on lockdown you get some other abilities but still the the the, the scariness of you know that you're going to die is there I love the idea now here that is now now you are the Marines and you're coming with the full weapon to exterminate, you know, left and right to all these aliens that you don't care if you're going to see the king or queen. It doesn't matter. You have that blaster with you. So I love that. Although I will say that for my plays, you still die. Like, you know, it's just like the movie Aliens. Like, they think they're tough. They think they got it all under control. They don't. You're going to (laughs) die. But at least now you have more hope, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. You you, you can take a few with you before you you get eaten. (laughs) (laughs) So I I do love that. And now, 
I mean, this is, of course, now taking the hype away, right? Do I think, in reality, is everything necessarily, like all these enemies and expansions and stuff, I think with just the base game of Nemesis of or Lockdown or Retaliation, it's more than enough yeah. for a lifetime. But, I mean, who are we going to kid, right? Like, it's, we, we're still going to go all in, so... So yeah, to, to to resume, to make the long story short, I think it's worth it every single penny. Okay. Uh, and and I, I just I just wish you know like companies like Simon will do something similar, especially with Cthulhu that may die, which is a game that I adore, that they will give the opportunity in future crowdfundings to you know like okay you get the new stuff but you can get as an add-on yeah. basically everything that we released previously, including that giant Cthulhu, which. I'm sorry that I missed because I want that big Cthulhu on my living room. But um, I mean, they've you know, done that for some things. Like I think mm-hmm. uh, I think season three of Marvel United let you add in like at least season two, if I remember right. But yeah, no, I I agree with you. Yeah, Simon, C- Simon, I like a lot of their games. Their their campaigns are never my favorite. How they're run. <laughs> what about you? How what are you? What are your thoughts on Retaliation so far? I loved it. I mean, I you know I have a video up of it. I think it was like the first one that was out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm not as big a fan of the original Nemesis as you. Okay. Um, but this one being just a little bit more powerful, or at least thinking you're a little bit more powerful, and Ali, as much as I love Alien, Aliens is my favorite mm-hmm. movie of like the, the series. Sure. Um, I, I I thought it was a blast. I mean, it was cool. I got to Adam got on TTS with me and like taught me, and then I got the prototype. So clearly, I'm like in. You know, I I I, I got some lucky things that <laughs> not the average person has. Sure. But yes. Uh, now, that being said, if I was buying it myself, I'd probably just go standy only because I never have room for games. <laughs> and, I, and I'm always afraid to spend too much. But uh, but it looks awesome. Like the terrain, the the acrylic tokens, like they got so much stuff in there. It's so much But stuff. just the base experience seemed like a blast. I, I had a lot of fun with just the like early, you know, base prototype they sent me was already a lot of fun. Too many boxes, Mike. Too many boxes. Where are we going to place them? Always too many boxes. (laughs) Anyway, so now we're going to deliver. Of course, we're going to be talking about many other things as we go through our our top fives. But we're going to deliver what you are here for, you know, to listen, especially to Mike, since, you know, your background, Mike, is, 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 is way more than the average, like you said, people, like just because of your work. And I have to say that I'm very proud, and you correct me if I'm wrong. I think I'm the, am I the only one still that did, one video in Spanish? Or, <laughs> yes. Or, yeah? I don't know if the, if the video still exists or not. I then I knew it didn't work out. But no, that's... You, you, yeah, you're still our only Spanish language. Because, uh, you know, we have Jason Perez. Mm-hmm. He's like the other main guy on the channel besides mm-hmm. me. Um, sorry, there's my wife walking No, 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 you're fine, you're fine. <laughs> I was saying hi to uh, the two guys. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> but, uh, yeah, but uh, he hasn't done a, a Spanish language thing. Actually, I've been studying Spanish oh, uh, for, go. like, the last... Two years, but okay. uh, I'm st- I, I still would not feel at all comfortable trying to, <laughs> to narrate a, a board game play through the entire time. So no, that was, I, I still think that's awesome that you did that. Yeah, I think it was the Back to the Future uh, from uh, yes, yeah. the the Funko one, the right? Funko one. Yeah, which I mean, surprisingly, Funko. I still I'm a true believer that Funko does like very solid. You know, nothing extraordinary out of this world, but very solid yeah, games. It's consistently fun. Yeah, it's consistently it's, it's fun. not like my top game of the year, but it's consistently <laughs> fun. <laughs> but they're fun. Anyway, so how are we going to do this, Mike? Of course, we're going to go back and forth. Um, and we're going to start with our number five all the way walking through a number one. And before we jump into number one, I'm going to give you the opportunity to uh, mention some honorable mentions, I guess. Some, some of the games that 
for one reason or the other, didn't make it to the to the top five. And um, more than a review, I guess, I, I want you to share with us more like the reasons for the game being there as far as like experience and, and your, you know, what what did you love? Of course, it's mm. kind of like ambiguous because you're going to review to to an extent. Maybe it could be because of the components. Maybe it could be because of whatever, right? But more like the experience, if that makes sense. Uh, at least that's what I'm basing my top five. Um, sure. Spoiler alert, if you listen to the episode in Spanish, and you're, I'm very eternally grateful that you listen to the podcast in both languages, um, it will be very similar to the Spanish one. So spoiler alert that you have it. Uh, and also, before we start and before I forget, uh, now that you know Spanish, I will need to have you on the Spanish episode one of these days to, to practice. I, mean, I, I, I can give it a try. I'll probably understand <laughs> more than I can say, but yeah. I, I can I see how it goes. All right. So... With that being said, let's just r r jump right there. Um, tell me your, num your number five and why. Oh, wait. Did you want me to do some honorable mentions first? Or no, let, let's keep those before the first one. In that way, the suspense, it's added. So you do five oh, okay, and then I five, five, okay, cool, four, four. Cool. Yeah, okay. All right. So uh, several of my top ones are more recent. Mm -hmm. And number five fits into that. I only got this one about a month and a half or two months ago. Okay. And that is Earthborn Rangers. Okay. So this one is solo and cooperative. For people who don't know what it is, this is um, it's just recently delivering, and then I, I assume they'll either do another campaign or it'll be in retail. It's uh, it's very similar to the Arkham Horror Card Game, the LCG, which is my number one game of all time. In the, the mm -hmm. card play, mm -hmm. you're doing like skill tests, and but you draw cards instead of pulling out of the chaos bag, and it's a lot nicer. Okay, and it's it's like an open world exploration game, but you can also uh, you do have like a main quest you're supposed to be solving and they have plans to expand it, but the card play is really fun. The cool thing though, just to go to like what you were saying, experiences, mm -hmm. it's maybe the best game I've played in like kind of this adventure realm of making me feel like I'm part of a world that is alive apart from me. Okay. To explain what I mean, they have, you're drawing cards every turn, like in a lot of these kind of games and they might be like enemies and things, but it's not your typical thing. It's not like a raider who's trying to attack you, you know? It's not like a ghost who's trying to steal your soul. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's pretty much the wildlife, mostly, of the area you're in. Like, if you're in a forest, if you're in the mountains or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, oh, you got some, some pictures going on? Yeah, yeah there you go. Gonna, yeah, because I, I didn't know about the game until now that you're mentioning, so I'm very interested. Yeah, so it's really neat because... All the, the the creatures there might be helpful. Like, you might find, like, a berry bush with some healing berries on it. They might be aggressive. They might be, like, a, you know, a lion or a tiger kind of thing. Mm -hmm. They might be, like, just a deer wandering by. And then they interact with each other. So, like, you know, there might be, like, this lion that you don't want to bite you. Mm -hmm. But, oh, there's a deer, too. So, of course, he's going to go after the deer, and you can just let him eat the deer, and you'll just go do your own thing. You don't have to worry about him. <laughs> yeah. So it, it just, it has some really, it has some of the coolest emergent story, like just fun things happening. And then within that, you're still like playing your cards and adventuring and trying to get somewhere and you'll meet people and you'll have to protect people from the monsters and you'll, and you'll befriend the monsters. And it's, it's a very peaceful game. Like that's one of the key things they were going for. Okay. Like, for example, I fought my first boss a week ago, boss, quote unquote. Yeah. And I, I fed him some food and he like became my pet. And now he like wanders around, and, like helps protect me from things. You know, like this is great. <laughs> like yeah. I'd have to kill him. I'd have to like stab him twenty times. That is like, 
I, I just was peaceful and like, you know, held him off for a little bit. I had like my little pet dog who was like playing with him and like getting him to be happy and stuff. So yeah, it, it's a really cool game for like a vibe. Again, it's more open world. It's more like go where you want kind of feeling to it. So it's not, even though it's very similar kind of mechanically to Arkham, it's not, it doesn't have that same like Arkham, like you must do this in five turns or you're going to die and Cthulhu's <laughs> going to awaken, you know, like yeah. you don't have, and I love that. I love that on its own side, but Earthborn Rangers is a really cool kind of, for solo or for cooperative play, really fun. And it works, by the way, great for true solo. Like, no problem playing a true solo. Uh, yeah, really, really cool recent one. Again, I'm not sure what the plans are for, like, getting it out there, but I, I had a lot of fun with that one. So, in this one, uh, when you say true solo, of course, and, and this is something, too, that, you know, some uh, people around the solo gaming, I guess, universe or niche um, – well, no, we're we're not an H anymore. I think like after the, no. the after, we're, we're, we're a monolith. Yeah, we, yeah, we're, we're 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 the king of the hobby right now. But um, you know, when you say true soul, of course, you play like one hand is one character and and one deck of cards. You know, like you have to have two different Correct. characters, right? Um, yeah, it, it, it balances for players. Like the 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 it's a lot of, again like Arkham. Like mm-hmm. to to defeat this challenge, you need two successes times the number of players, or summon one times the number of players enemies so it tends to like kind of naturally balance everything for player count so yeah this one character is totally fine and then i was reading of course like the categories that they have on, on bgg um adventure card game environmental exploration science fiction um these it, does it, i'm assuming for what you were telling like and maybe i could be wrong um is it has a campaign i'm assuming right like it's some it's you're following a scenario yeah so I mean, here, I'll, I'll, like, this is not really spoilers. Sure. It's about a 20-day campaign with what they have in the base game. And the first, like, three days are kind of, like, tutorial-ish, like, getting to know stuff. Mm-hmm. Something major happens on the fourth day that sets kind of the catastrophic events. Well, I won't even say catastrophic. That, that's, again, it's a peaceful game. Sure. But there, there are bad things happening. And if you don't do things right, it will permanently damage the lives of the people who live in this like valley, you know? So, so if, if you, if you get it right, you can save a lot of people. If you don't, it's not like everyone's going to die or as a thought is going to eat the world, but things are worse. If you, don't, uh, <laughs> if you don't complete your quest, but at the same time, you can very well just like be like, ah, forget that for a few days. I'm going to go and pick some berries and, and go trying to like track down this new scale. Or I'm going to, I'm going to complete this quest. Somebody gave me, but the timer is always ticking. You know, it's not sure. like uh it's not like video games like Skyrim where they're like, you must save the world. And you're like, I will save the world, but I'm going to go explore 85 caverns for <laughs> five weeks first. Then I'll come back, you know, and it'll wait for you. The game keeps on moving. Yeah. And, and interestingly, like the campaign, the results uh, kind of branch based on how long you take. So like, let's say you have to rescue your friend, mm-hmm. you know, if it gives you six days, if you rescue them on the second day, maybe they're fully healthy and good, but maybe if you rescue them on the fifth day, they're half starved and like not doing very well. So it's got some cool stuff going on with the story. We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At The Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action-adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes... It doesn't quite work. And you have, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the gaming blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. 
Well, um, that definitely sounds very interesting. Uh, what you were describing, actually, Arkham Horror, the LCG, was also a game that I dearly enjoy and I really loved. Uh, but then, like, it happens to me with some of these epic games, you know, as they get expansions and, and more modules mm-hmm. and, and they keep going. I'm sort of like a collectionist in a way that I want to own everything. So at that point, for me, it's, like, very hard to keep going. Um, yeah. So, for example, I, I also love Marvel Champions, uh, but from the three, I guess, main one, which is A Lord of the Rings, uh, Arkham Horror, and, and and Marvel Champions, definitely the one that I decided, at least, I know I won't get everything, but at least just to start somewhere and actually enjoy it was Lord of the Rings. So that's the one that I ended up keeping. But the well, revi- that's the right choice, because that, one, that one's done. <laughs> you well, can actually and, own everything if you want to. <laughs> the revised edition that they came a little bit, uh, a few years, I think it was like two years ago that they came with. Uh, and then, you know, you have now the movies, like you can buy the Fellowship of the Ring and stuff. So anyway, that's mm-hmm. subject for another episode, but yeah. Sure. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in these air, airborne rangers. Uh, I'm sorry that I missed the, the Kickstarter crowdfunding. Uh, I mean, they're, they're definitely but... going to do something else, I'm sure. Yeah, I think they're already like almost sold out of copies or whatever. So yeah, just keep keep, keep your ears tuned. But what, what about you, uh, Derek? What well, the, the number five is one that probably or most likely it was on everyone's top five last year. Um, and interesting to me, this is a game that I went. Very, I was very excited about it. I played it a few times last year, season one. I'm going to keep that spoiler already. Um, and I wasn't as in love as everyone else in the solo gaming universe, right? I tried, I tried it one time. I think it was like, well, yeah, whatever, like nothing. Then because all the hype on the top five lists of almost everyone, this year, early this year, was like, you know what? I'm going to try it again because I, I actually went all in for season one and I had everything. So I started playing it this year and, oh, my God, it has been one of my best experiences at least this year and as a solo gamer in general. And I'm talking about Final Girl. So Final Girl, of course, as you know, it's a, or as many of you know, or most of you know, it's a re-implementation from another, what I think is a great game, Hostage Negotiator, but with even a better theme. Like, this theme is way better. I don't know what happened to me last year that I maybe didn't feel connected to the game, but now this year, it made it so far that now it's in the top five, right? Uh, I love the idea um, uh, of the game in general, the mechanics of the games, they're, they're great. Um, the whole... Um, ambience i guess of the game and the whole you know idea on the theme related it's definitely appealing to me because basically you have the classic slasher horror movies from uh, 80s and 90s but without the license right but clearly you have the nightmare on elm street freddy krueger you have the jason Voorhees with the butcher and what i found very interesting is that you can mix and match as you guys know like the 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 territories or the or the base game uh, or movie which i like to call it uh with a villain from another movie and a final girl from wherever you want. Um, and when you do certain combinations, you can actually also make some other movies inspiration or franchise inspiration like Halloween. And, and you know, I think it's if you, if you mixed the nightmare on Elmy street location, and I think it was with the butcher that is kind of like Jason Borges with another final girl. Um, it was basically Halloween. That was it. So I, I love that idea. I love how the 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 bad guys or the or the monsters or the slashers. I love how every mechanic is different. Uh, for example, one of my favorites is in Nightmare on Elm Street, which I don't know if you have played it or not. Uh, no, I, I, I did a playthrough of it. Yeah, where he he's like he's, sneaking he, around yeah, and you in the dream world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, <laughs> it was just great, and and I think it was very original, right? Like nothing, nothing complex at all, or nothing like. 
like super innovative, I guess, in a way. But it was very well. It, it was very innovative, but it was it was just different in a very smart way. Design, I guess, even if I'm not a designer, like um, I, I just loved it. And one thing that I really like from this game uh, is, and I mentioned this once again in, in the Spanish one that. Um, one of my happiest memories as growing up was when uh, my parents, I have two brothers, so when my parents were going out on a date by themselves. Because usually what, what I would ask in return, it was like, okay, you're going on a date? Uh, there's two things that I want. One, I want to go to Blockbuster and get a movie. And I want pizza. So it was like the <laughs> pizza movie night, the classic from the early 90s, early 90s, I'm sorry, late 80s. So for me, even before Blockbusters, there were other stores, but just going to one of those uh, rental stores and, you know, and browse through all the movies. Oh, yeah. And uh, one of my favorite franchises is James Bond, all the James Bond movies, where I will go to slasher movies and just pick one, you know. And and um, for some reason back then, there was no restriction, too much restriction at, about PG-13 or anything like that. So it was, I basically could rent whatever I wanted, right? Except except an adult film like that, I wouldn't. But, you know, everything else, I could basically rent it. So for me, one of my, I wanna, once again, one of my happiest memories is renting two or three movies, going home with my brothers, watch the movie, and while we were having pizza, right? And then our parents will come back. So Final Girl also gives me the vibe that you can literally go, if you're lucky enough to have a gaming store in your city, go and choose a movie that is going to cost you 20 or some dollars, American dollars. And you literally buy, like even the box is like a VHS. You buy the box, Mm -hmm. you open it, and the game is going to give you that experience of almost like playing a movie, right? And even if you want to go beyond that, like uh, if you're able to manage to get one of the books, I think it came on on every crowdfunding campaign where they they also tell you like the lore on the stories kind of like, you know. Uh, and, and the background of every final girl and so on. I mean, you can go that. But even if you don't have that, like, it's clearly that. Like, if you play one movie, let's put example again, The Nightmare on the Street from season one, you will be playing against Freddy Krueger. Like, there's no doubt. Like, they can call it whatever they want. It's Freddy right. Krueger, right? And and, and, the, and the girl is Nancy. I don't care whatever they call it or how they portray it is Nancy. So, um you can even add Johnny Depp if you like. But anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, it just, I think for this game... It really, it really, what really attracted me now that I went and tried, like, at least in depth on season one, was that experience that gave me as I was playing. And of course, on Halloween time, it was like fantastic. Um, and, and yeah, that's my top five of this year. I think it's a game that I can highly recommend. And matter of fact, I don't know if I will suggest people, because I'm sure there will be more crowdfundings. I don't know if I will suggest people to actually back this game or to go and actually, if you're like me and, and what I just said sounds, relative to you or familiar to you and maybe you grew up in a similar way i will almost recommend you you know just don't back it i mean and i know probably the, the people from Van rider games will be like hey dude stop but you know like <laughs> I, I, will, I will almost feel like this game really shines on the experience of you going and buying each movie by itself um and and that's something i experienced this year on going to one of my local gaming stores here in indianapolis uh and i think it's, it's great one of the things that i don't like from this game which is almost like um, dumb for me to say as a solo gamer is that I wish this game could have a multi multiplayer option, a cooperative version, because I think this game is so great and so good that what happens to me is that I enjoy it a lot, but I also want to like share it with even some, you know, with my wife or with my, with my gaming group. But of course 
I mean, if you do it, it will be very alpha player-ish in a way because basically both are going to be making decisions for one final girl. But I just wish this, because it's so good, that it could have an option for adding another player, I guess, at least, and play it in a cooperative way. I don't know. It's just my thought of the game. But but yeah, that was my number five. What do you think? Maybe it was on your last year top list, right? You know, it's funny about the last thing you said. The very first time I played Final Girl... Mm -hmm. Was at a PAX Unplugged this before it came out, like when they were just advertising it. And it was me and uh, Liz Davidson from Beyond Solitaire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we played it co-op, basically. We just took turns making the decisions. Like, I could advise, but we would try to avoid the alpha player thing. And it worked great. So it, it's worth a try sometime. Just okay. kind of be like, all right, you're, you're the leader for this turn. I'm the leader for next turn. And just, like, force yourself not to tell them what to do and let it go the way it is. Because it's already kind of a... A crazy narrative story mm-hmm. you know so you might as well just but no i think final girl is a blast and I, and I agree with you i think if you get too much like gosh if people right now are ordering like two seasons at once or three seasons at once i think it might i don't know about you for me when i get like a thousand boxes i don't even want to play the game i'm like oh this is too much i'm stressed <laughs> out you know what i mean like yeah. i i like to get like one sorry, one box yeah, like one box if I can, and then and then slowly add. Like the way that we used to do it. You know, sure. like we did, before Kickstarter, we would just buy like a game, and hey, a year later, oh my gosh, there's an expansion. I'll get that now, you know, so. Yeah. Now I'm with you. No, yeah, definitely. And and yeah, so now you have it. That was my top five experience of this year. Well, my number five, uh, Final Girl. Now let's go back to you with your number four. Because yeah, things are getting four, better. This is one of my favorites from last year, and it actually just delivered. So this is like another recent edition. Uh, but this is Witchcraft, uh-huh. with an exclamation point at the end. Witchcraft. And that's the okay. follow-up, like, same system as Resist from last year. I don't know if you played that one, Derek. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have, actually, yeah. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so for those who don't know, this is a solo-only card game. Uh, witchcraft is set in sort of a like fantasy version of the Salem witch trials, but they're actually witches and actually have magic. And they're like defending the town from werewolves and vampires and things. And it's the same basic system as resist though. It's this really great decision of using, so you have like five witches in your hand usually, and you can use them for their hidden side Mm -hmm. where they're weaker, Mm -hmm. or you can use them, for their uh, exposed or revealed side, I forget what it's called, if, uh, where they're stronger. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go, brujeria. Brujeria, um, there you go, in Spanish, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so, and it's it's kind of like a reverse deck builder because if you use them for their exposed side where they just go crazy and shoot, you know, magic all over the place, then the town who is not accepting a witchcraft is like, ah, they're a witch and they throw them in jail. So they go out of your deck. So you're like trying to defeat the monsters and save this town, but the town hates you at the same time. And so I, I love the theme of it. I like the theme a lot better than resist, which is like just uh, that's the Spanish uh, mm-hmm. civil war, which is a good theme, but not as exciting for me as like this kind of fantastical one. Uh, and it is another game that I lose like 70% of the time. It's really hard. <laughs> it's really yeah. challenging, but the decisions are great. And kind of like final girl, I just feel like, it's cool decisions being made and like, uh, and a cool story being told. Cause like all the cards are very evocative if you want them to be, you know, it's like, Oh, I, we sent uh, sister Agnes and, and, and Mary to, to try to, to clean the poison from the well, but they were attacked by werewolves and, and sister Mary used her ultra power, but the town elders <laughs> caught her and now she's in, you know, like, it's just like, yeah. you can, you can summarize the story and it, and it, it just uh, gives you like a cool vibe. And again, the mechanics are wonderful. 
so yeah, that's uh, witchcraft. Or if you if you want to go for the more historical version, go for resist. It's almost the exact same game. Uh, that's my number four. Well, with what I was seeing, um, and I hear about this because uh, Salt and Pepper, the publisher, they are from uh, France actually, and um, I, I I think the the one of the publisher uh, guys, I don't know if he owns the Salt and Pepper company. Um, but he, I think he listens to this episode, so I will say hi to Gonzalo. He also has a podcast in Spanish, by the way. If you guys have, want to check it out, it's called um, uh, Que Rico el Mambo, which he will translate that how sweet the mambo or how enjoyable the mambo is, like the music, the mambo, the, the, the genre, which it doesn't make sense for games, but I guess they name it that way. <laughs> and he has a very sarcastic, nice comedy. But anyway, Gonzalo over there, uh, he has a podcast, and, and he's one of the, uh, of, I, I'm, I'm sure he's one of the staff members, at least, from Salt and Pepper. Otherwise, he probably runs Salt and Pepper. Uh, I'm not sure, but he, uh, they sent me a copy of Resist uh, this year, um, and I played it, and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and of course the designs from David Thompson for me personally are like almost like a guarantee, like Undaunted yeah. is one of my favorite games or I guess mm-hmm. war games, um, that I have ever experienced. Uh, even the solo mode that, you know, some people find it like, mm, like a hit or a miss. I actually didn't struggle too much and I, I, I won't say that I loved it, but it was still like somewhat solid, which I think that was by David Tursey. I'm not sure. But um, maybe yeah, not. it was Tersi and uh, I forget who the lead one on that one. I feel was it like Nick Shaw? And we keep keeping. I going. think so for yeah for the solo <laughs> mode. But anyway, um, so I really enjoy Resist. I'm with you. I mean, um, I'm not from Spain, of course. I'm I'm from Mexico. But um, the theme for me, even if I get it and I knew it and and it, I, I found it cool. At the same time, it wasn't that appealing to me. Now. Brujeria or witchcraft, <laughs> that's definitely something that, yep, you signed me up there. Um, and it seems far, well, far, but what I was seeing, I'm sorry, that mechanically shares a lot, like probably 80%, I would dare to say, for what I was seeing on the cards, the exposed yes. side that you were explaining, the different piles that you can go to try to hunt these, I guess, witches. I'm assuming that's like the theme. So definitely, I'm interested and I'm sure. Uh, the audience also, if you didn't know about this game, well, now you know when you're probably going to jump in. Well, if you're driving, as soon as you stop and look <laughs> look online to see, to get a copy. And at the same time, you know, one of those things, one of these things that we have mentioning, we have been mentioning about the games that uh, we already mentioned is that uh, at least, I don't know about Urban, but at least the other ones are very, I would say affordable to an extent. Uh, of course, that's very subjective, but like they're small boxes, and you know, like they're not as crazy on prices. Like for Final Girl, the core, the the core game, and one movie or expansion, if you want to call it, you probably will spend around forty, fifty dollars for mm-hmm. the two of them. Uh, for Witchcraft, I'm assuming it's around thirty bucks, probably. Um, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Earthborn, I have no idea how much is, but I mean, I think that's eighty to a hundred. That's to 100. not. But you're getting it's an. Not, you're getting it's not a, huge, but yeah. it's not cheap. But you're getting a campaign, so that's that's kind of like well. You know, it's kind of like into a certain point justified. Um, but yeah, now if you want to talk about prices, I'm going to tell you about my number four right now, um, which honestly was one of my best experience also during this year. It has the bias that I love the theme. I grew, grew up uh, watching these uh, cartoons over and over. Um, and it was a game, it's from Simon. And this game was one of the few games that I don't feel like I have got. I had the need to go online and look for answers on what happened if this, what happened if that. It's a very simple mechanism. Um, it's designed to be a skirmish game and tactical game. 
Uh, but a few scenarios, you you can play them solo. And I'm talking about uh, Masters of the Universe, He-Man, right, by Komini or not. I don't remember the designer. I, th- I want to say was, let me look really quick. But uh, anyway, by uh, Simon, and I just loved it. I loved it. I enjoyed it um, to the extent that I, I went ahead and uh, I painted the minis. By the way, this is Clash for Eternia uh, because at the same time they released a crowdfunding, right. but it was only for Europe. Uh, this Clash of Eternia, by the way, is going to come out in crowdfunding for Europe, and I think it's going to be through GameFound. I don't think it's going to be through Kickstarter. But the designer uh, was Leo Almeida and Michael uh, Schinnel. I hope I pronounced it correctly. But the game, I just had a, a blast, Mike, with it. Like, um, I enjoyed the scenarios that I played solo. I mean, I, it definitely is very tactic to a way because how you reveal the turn order, which is something that now a lot of games uh, do, uh, you flip, you know, cards that you shuffle priorly, and you get it could be be a bad guy or one of the bad guys. I'm sorry, or it could be you. To a certain to a certain point, uh, some of the mechanics on your personal board they feel like a zombie side game where you are unlocking certain skills, uh, and and you can add cards to the character. You can add up three characters and evolve. I'm sorry, three cards to a character, and you can upgrade those skills as they go. And every character thematically, they did a good job with their skills. Um, you know, some of them like some of the allies from 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 him and he they will shoot, so that will be they will make range attacks. They will be better at making range attacks. Him and of course he's more uh, at, at melee skeletor, the same thing. But he at the same time he will throw or cast some spells towards you. Um, and and the first scenario, at least like the the whole idea is like in most of the scenarios to go somewhere, rescue someone, and try to bring it back, or or go to a certain uh, po- a certain points in the board to try to block whatever. Uh, Skeletor is it's, it's trying to do. Now, the nice thing about the solo mode that I found very appealing as well is that not all the time you want to be the good guy. Sometimes you want to be the bad guys. Well, here you have the option for that. If you want to play as a Skeletor, you can play as a Skeletor. And now, He-Man and his allies are the, the bad guys, right? Or you're the bad guy, but they're the good guys, but you want to, you know, why do you get the idea? So, <laughs> so uh, I, it's a game that I really, I really enjoy the experience. Once again, it was pretty epic. Um, uh, even if you get once again, we're going into prices, but if you if you were able to do the crowdfunding, you could get the Grace the Grace School Castle uh, with this scenario, and the Grace School the Grace School Castle I'm sorry is like this big, nice 3D castle <laughs> on the board where basically you are assaulting the castle if you're human, if you're a skeleton, you're trying to protect it. It works great. I haven't tried this game uh, on a competitive um, mode, but I tried it in a fully cooperative three players, and I enjoyed it solo. I enjoyed it the most, so I think this game made enough by production, by um, you know theme, by engagement, by experience overall. It made enough to make it up to the way to the top four. And once again, it's just the bias um, for for the show as well that I think it works very well. And even I appreciate when some publishers and and designer or team as as together uh, when they invest so much in the game, and you can see in the little details, for example. I don't know if you ever had a chance to watch one of the episodes of the old episodes of the show, Mike. But at the, oh, dude, I, I watched that. Of course. That's okay, your, okay. Your, if, I, if, I feel like we might be at similar ages, maybe. Okay. You're talking about all the stuff that I was into when I was. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right. So at the end of each episode, you know, you will have uh, He-Man. And now keep the context that I grew up watching all these shows in Spanish, right? So He-Man will come. Uh, uh, and he will say something like, you know, remember, next time you do this, make sure. Like, he will give you, like, an, I don't know how to say in English, but, like, an advice or, like, like the 
Like, yeah, the, like yeah. the positive thing of the show, right? Like, man, to to work together, to accomplish this and whatever, and see you soon, my friends, and he will leave or whatever. Well, you have a deck of cards uh, that you shuffle, and then at the end of each game, uh, depending on the scenario, the, the game will kind of guide you, if I remember correctly, to draw certain cards uh, in case you were the bad guys or were the good guys or if it was cooperative or competitive. And you and you will draw, you will draw one of these cards and it will tell you like a similar story, right? Like it will be him and, <laughs> it will be him and telling you like, and remember, you, you probably won the game because you work together as a team and that's good to do, something like that, right? I'm just making stuff up. But just the fact that they added that deck to me is like, well, I can tell that whoever the team was behind the production of this game and, and paying attention to details, they did a great job and they they were invested. So that for me, you know, makes me feel like I need to appreciate the game and 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 look look the game as a as a big picture instead of just like, you know, is it balanced? Is it not balanced? I mean, of course, those things can can happen. And as you as a designer know more of this than me, clearly. But just because of all this together, I feel like this was a a great purchase for me i like to say and a great experience and i'm always eager to come back to the table and play uh i would like to try it competitive but if you want to play with me cooperative or to play it solo i'm always going to be like yeah let's do it uh and i just put the soundtrack in the background and let myself go and enjoy and be human for a while but yeah that was my number four mike have you played it no, unfortunately, uh, Jason uh, Perez covered it on our channel instead, mm-hmm. so I haven't gotten to play it yet. But I-, I watched some of his video, and he was like doing all the voices for Skeletor and He-Man, and it was just <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, I-, I really, like I said, I-, I really enjoy the overall production. So yeah, he made it to my number four. What is your number three? So I wanted to give a little bit of love to my, my war gamers out there, because I-, I certainly enjoy a lot of war games. So this one I uh, covered recently. I think it's great. Uh, it is Twilight Struggle Red Sea. Okay. So if you, if you don't know Twilight Struggle, that's the the classic uh, from GMT, the mm-hmm. war game company. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's uh, the Cold War, USSR versus USA. It's a card driven war game or conflict game. Mm-hmm. So Red Sea is first of all, it's it's a fifth as long. Twilight Struggle is ten rounds. Red Sea is only two rounds. <laughs> so <laughs> you can play the whole thing in like thirty minutes or twenty minutes. Okay. And it's the first time Twilight Circle has an official solo mode. And it is just to warn people. It is one of those solo modes where you got to, like, check the charts and cross-index the thing. You yeah. know, if it's not that one. You know, it's if you've seen, like, uh, <laughs> the coin uh, solo modes, it's kind of like that sort of thing. I'm used to that. I enjoy those kind of solo modes. I know for a lot of people it's going to make their eyes go cross and, like, confuse them. But uh, but it's great. It's The solo bot is exciting. Uh, in this one, you're just... Uh, kind of uh, in conflict over the southern Middle East and then like the northeast of Africa. So it's like a very zoomed in thing. And I, I, I love war games partially because of like the learning you get. So in this one, just like most GMT games, they have a whole section in the back and it like talks you through what every event card represents and who all the main people were and what actually happened in real life and how you can kind of change things around. So the experience of like learning about that, but also having this like really tense war game and 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 seeing them do like the thing I really didn't want them to do, and oh everything just falls apart, <laughs> and now suddenly like the entire war turns against me. I, I had a blast with this one. One of, one of my favorite war game experiences for this year. That's again Twilight Struggle Red Sea. This and that's that's another very. I think it's only thirty bucks or something from GMT. So that's another pretty affordable one on the list. I'm very excited that you're mentioning that game. The reason why is because. I, like I was mentioning with Undaunted, with Undaunted, I'm sorry, I'm not a 
big war gamer, I would say. But I've been wanting to try Twilight the Struggle for so long. One of my good friends, he bought a copy. I didn't I didn't get the opportunity to play with him, but he played it with another friend from my gaming group, and they both gave me the feedback that Watergate, according to them, it's I guess better or more like streamlined to a certain extent. So that they would prefer to play Watergate versus Twilight Stroll. Now, I don't know how similar they are, but thematically, to me I'm more appealing on US versus USSR than Nixon versus the press. Now? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, so for that, like it's like, okay, I, w- I would choose the other theme by far. Now, I love Watergate. I really do. Uh, and actually, that's a game that I feel like I can play with my dad and he will get into the theme. And, and that's fantastic. However, and I want to recommend this, and I don't know if you have tried it. There's a game that uh, shares a lot of similarities to Watergate. Um, and it ha- it's a war game. It has a board and basically it's one versus one. But it has, a, to my opinion, a great solo mode. And it's called the Ming Voyage. I don't know if you have heard about it. Uh, but, I haven't. But so basically, it's like one one side is China, and you're you know in, in the Great Wall, and the other side are the Mongols trying to invade. And it's very it shares a lot of similarities once again with Watergate, as far as like when you play the cards, one side is you, one side is the the opponent, or whatever. But the solo mode is just fantastic. It's a very small box, you know. With very basically, mm-hmm. the cubes represent the Mongols and. And you have cubes that represents the the, the the China people, and you're trying to make this. If you're playing with China, you're trying to make this voyage before you get invaded, um, and it's very cool. And it's one of my best experiences in solo modes from war games. I wanted to throw it out there, uh, but now I'm very intrigued and interested in, in the Africa one from Twilight Stroll. I think, matter of fact, I think I'm gonna order it as soon as possible <laughs> because I'm looking forward to try it. Now, just to throw out a different game there, because what you just mentioned, I know you just said you love David Thompson and anything he designs is great for you. Mm-hmm. Upcoming solo-only game from GMT, Zheng He, so that's Z-H-E-N-G uh-huh. space H-E. Mm-hmm. That's another game doing the exact same thing you just talked about, the Ming Voyages, but it's uh, by David Thompson and I think Jeff Engelstein who uh, he did, I mean, he's done a billion games. That sounds familiar, designed. Jeff. It sounds very... Yeah, he's, uh, I'm trying to think of one of like, his most famous ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so that one's, uh, I think it's on crowdfunding now-ish. Well, don't uh, like, they... Or not, 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 not crowdfunding, Don't they do like the mean? P500 or whatever? Yeah, they the, do, P, right? the P500, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that that's an upcoming one, so... If you like that time period and like David Thompson, I think that one might be a good one for you too. I, I haven't played it yet, but it's okay. David. He's a friend of mine. I, I trust him to always do good stuff. Oh, so yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he, I haven't tried a bad game or a, even like a eh, whatever game from David. Like, usually his games are like, you know, very, very high on my list. This one's the one that I just mentioned in case someone is interested. Once again, the Ming Voyages, which is M I N G Voyages. Like like uh, you know travels I guess um, mm-hmm. is the designer is David Mort- Mortimer and Alan Paul I don't know if that rings a bell the publisher is Surprise uh, Stair Games but yeah that's a recommendation if you're looking for more uh, to all of you and, and even you Mike like to, if you're looking for more solo war games to definitely track it out I think the small box is like probably twenty dollars or something yeah, yeah. No, it looks really cheap I'm, I'm I pulled it up on BGG yeah, right yeah, now it looks cool yeah but anyway that was so I'm intrigued now for the Africa. That was your number three, and so far I'm excited. Uh, my number three, it's one that this is going to be interesting because I feel like this game, 
had did receive a lot of hype. Some people miss it. Right now, everybody's hype about it and everybody's happy about it. But there were some issues with the components now that the backers we received, that there were some minor misprints, mm. especially on the neoprene mats. And now the game is getting kind of like a certain amount of hate, I guess, which is unfortunate. And also the publisher is receiving another, a lot of complaints, even if they have responded already and trying to find solutions. And I'm talking about the most recent um, deliberate, I guess, crowdfunding from the designer Elizabeth Hartgrave, The Fox Experiment, uh, published mm-hmm. by Pandasaurus Game. Um, this is a game that I received not too long ago, probably like, uh, I would say three weeks ago. I was a backer and I went all in when I saw the art, when I saw everything uh, on the game. And of course, the name Elizabeth Hargrave, you know, it's one of those names as well that, you know, that you have Wingspan, which is like a fantastic game, in my opinion. Then you had Mariposas, which for me was like eh, a little bit, not too bad, but nothing crazy. Um, but then you have other other designs like Tusimusi and so on and so forth, um, which I, I, I'm not mistaken. I think Tusimusi is her too, right? Isn't it, is her? Uh, I don't remember. Well, anyway, regardless, I, I saw this game and I was very intrigued, the production, everything. Um, during the campaign, there was some controversy because of uh, the, the theme, you know, making experiments with animals and so on and so forth. They addressed it. They changed. Uh, they didn't change, but they approached the game in a different situation and they explained mm-hmm. themselves of what's behind the theme, right? In reality and not so much anything negative, I guess. Uh, anyway, the game came. I played it a few times uh, with my wife in a competitive way. Two players, it worked beautifully with a very easy-to-drive uh, automa. Now I feel like every solo mode is called automa, no matter what, even if that started with <laughs> Stonemaier games. Um, and um, the solo mode is basically the same automa, but now with the scoring values, I guess. It plays very well solo. I mean, it's you feel like you have an opponent there. Um, it, it really blocks you. It really makes you think. It really makes you strategize. The mechanics are very fun. You're rolling dice, trying to match, you know, um, you know, tails, dots, and and things that will help you to, from two foxes uh, at the beginning of the game, make a baby fox, and then eventually, as you upgrade uh, from those new foxes, you can probably be able to deliver maybe twin foxes or three foxes or whatever, right? Uh, but there was some um, controversy and some unfortunate events because on the neoprene mats, if you went all in in the Kickstarter version, you got the neoprene mats, but there was some sprint on some of the upgrades. Uh, I don't remember what it was exactly, but basically on the cardboard uh, version of it, like something will give you five points, and on the neoprene mat version will give you four points, which it doesn't affect significantly. The, the, it doesn't affect at all actually the game. It's just that you're going to score one point less but it's still balanced. It's basically like you want to play with four points, you want to play with five points. Like that's basically yeah, yeah. different, right? But it's still like that ticks some people off, I guess, in a way. And and I do, I do, I'm sad when that happened, Mike, with, with some games and productions because sometimes games are great, uh, but unfortunately because of the publishers and mistakes or things that can happen along the way, either of backers, they don't receive their games and they just start to throw hate towards maybe a very good game, but unfortunately everything that was surrounding and externally affected, right? So clearly mm-hmm. here, maybe during the reading proof or something, something someone oversee it and didn't didn't get catch up, right? But caught up, I'm sorry. But this is a game, long story short, is my number three on this on this year. I really enjoyed the experience. Of course as a solo gamer myself and as you know, my dear friends I'm usually more towards narrative, uh, immersive games, uh, 
you know, uh, epic games. This one is nothing like that, but at the same time, it's so fun to play. It's so fun to try to strategize, to try to, you know, create your foxes and you personalize them because you put their names. You, you're able to make them powerful to a certain extent that the interaction between players is great, but also the solo mode with the Automa, it really gives that interaction at the same time, even if it is with an Automa. So with, because of all that, that was my number three. And I know people are still like very hyped. And I hope the backers that haven't received their games, they get it soon and they probably mm-hmm. will experience in that way. Hopefully, they will have as a positive experience as I did. So that was my number three. And I have to ask, have you played it? No, um... I have some like history with Pandasaurus, so I don't okay. really get their games generally. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I'm glad you're enjoying it. That's, that's very <laughs> cool, and I, and I tend to like Elizabeth Hargrave stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know if I'll play it. <laughs> <laughs> well, when, if if you do in the future, then you you tell me your thoughts. Okay. Sure, sure. We're, we're we're getting close to that to that holy grail of the year. You're number two. All right, so I try to keep uh, my list affordable. Mm-hmm. So far, like the highest was Earthborn Rangers at around 100. This one is not that. <laughs> okay. Um, and this one, like, I don't even know if I would have bought it if they didn't give me a review copy. I don't usually spend this much on a single game, but this one is Aeon Trespass Odyssey. Oh, which is. I'm very uh, interested, super interested, because one of my friends from Spain, which they have also a solo podcast over there, um, they loved it. Like, they dedicate like at least 10, 15 episodes every six months because they record like on a constant basis. I don't know how they do it, but anyway, <laughs> to Aeon Trespass Odyssey. And I know the crowdfunding was not so long ago and I was on the fence. Like I was like, oh man, should I jump in? Should I jump in? Should I punch in? Should I jump in? I'm sorry. But what really pushed me back a little bit was just the same epicness of too uh, much. So much, man. <laughs> but I want to hear you. Yeah, so... So again, I'm not like recommending this for anybody necessarily because it it at this point it's so expensive. Like it was cheaper originally, but they realized they had undercharged, and so now it's more expensive. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in the base game, you get three entire. I think they're called cycles, but three campaigns, and each of them is like seventy hours or eighty <laughs> hours of gameplay. Like I, I've only I haven't even finished the first one, mm-hmm. <laughs> let alone the second and the third. Mm-hmm. And then they have two more campaigns that were like part of the original crowdfunding campaign that are coming. It's just, it's a ton. And the even just the one box is gigantic. It's, it's uh, I think it's as big or bigger than the Kingdom Death Monster box, if you know that game. <laughs> yeah, I know. And this is, this is heavily inspired by Kingdom Death Monster. So if you don't know the game, Aeon Trespass Odyssey, basically it's, it's uh, half of the game is you're traveling around. Like, it's kind of like ancient Greece. It's inspired by the mythology. Mm-hmm. But it's also got like technology and like kind of robotish kind of thing. So it's sort of like a, a, a twist on it. Um, so you're traveling around, you're like leveling up your tech tree, getting resources, building better weapons and armor. And then you go to the boss battle portion and it's four of you versus a giant boss, just like Osworn, just like Kingdom Death Monster, just like a lot of these games, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like tactical fighting. Each boss is super different. They have these crazy different decks that do all these things. You get super duper powerful as the game goes on. You get to like level up your, you're like, you're kind of like piloting giant robots almost, you know, and they get these like crazy weapons and mm-hmm. stuff. And you do these combos, but then they, 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 the giant enemies can just like kill you in a second, you know, and like, it's, it's a lot, it's tough, it's challenging, but it's also just super engrossing. 
you know, one of the games I could just lose myself in for like, I remember when I first was playing it, I just had it set up on my table for like four days straight, playing like three hours, losing track of time each day. Uh, if you have the time, if you have the money, if you have like a really big table, it's a great one. But I would not recommend it for anybody who does not have all those things because then it's just going to sit there as a giant box taking up space in your house for most of the time. <laughs> well, right now, definitely in my life with, you know, the two babies, it probably won't be a good idea. But, and this is a subject for another episode, but I think we all also have, we share most of us the same dream, the classic dream that I'm going to call when I retire, right? Yes. We <laughs> all have that dream of like, when I retired, uh, I mean, I don't know how it's in other countries in the world but you know here in u.s you get usually if if everything went fine you get to a certain age which i think is 65 now i think or 68 i don't know one of those two depending on many factors but um once you retire um you basically you know at that point once again many factors but you most likely you will have your place to live and you're just getting you know your your retirement check and basically you now have supposedly have all this time to enjoy everything that you didn't enjoy <laughs> while you were working in your <laughs> life. Right. So this is one of those games that I want, I want to buy, I want to have, but it will be more aiming to that, either to that or, you know, when I'm able to maybe to have a more relaxed personal life situation around family and stuff. Once again, kids are older and stuff. Or maybe if one of them is into the, into board games, like, okay, let's play a campaign together. Yeah, let's do it. Maybe. But other than that, I, I, I would probably, I mean, I'm very intrigued about the game and I love the idea and everything, but it's probably one of those that falls into that category, like when I retire, like with that title. Yeah, right? it's, yeah. And it's interesting because, like I said, I'm sure most of us, we share the same thought or dream. I don't know about you, Mike. Do you also have that dream, like when I retire? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, who knows? Gosh. I mean, I'm like half, I'm more than halfway there with my career. Mm -hmm. I've been teaching at the school for, I think, 17 or 18 years now. But I'm like, ah, you know, will the world even be around in 12 years? Will, like, the economy have fallen apart? <laughs> like, but hopefully, yes. It would be lovely to retire and have me actually be able to, like, relax a little bit more than I, I do already. <laughs> and finish I own trespass odyssey by that time. Yeah. Yeah, or, you know, the, the 50,000 other campaign games that have come out <laughs> since then, you know, at, at the rate they're coming out, it seems. With all the all the Nemesis boxes, yeah. Okay. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, my number two, let's see if you like it. Do you like sports? I I like sports games sometimes. It depends on which sport it is, though. But in your personal life, like, are you a fan of any, like, do you like football? Do you like no, racing? I, do you like all I, that stuff? I played, like, soccer, football, mm -hmm. uh Main, that was like the only sport I like played a good mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of watching, I tend to like the ones that have more activity. So soccer, mm -hmm. rugby, basketball. Like I like football and baseball fine, but I just I get bored because they take forever to like get the next play ready. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Or bring the next batter up. But yeah, well, anyway, go ahead. What game okay. are you talking well, about? Well, you're seeing me through camera, and 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 if you listeners see me, you probably will tell. Like, I, I will tell you, I love sports, but clearly I don't like or enjoy to do them. I like to go to sports events, and, and I like almost every sport. Like, I'm a huge fan of soccer, a huge fan of football, and also, like, the racing sports, right? Like, the motor racing sports. Like, I'm a huge fan of F1, and, of course, the Indy car, because the Indi we have the Indianapolis 500 here uh, in, in, in my city. But uh, the game that made it to number two by experience, it really surprised me, because even if it had a lot of hype, and it was out of stock everywhere, and I, 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 can, I can see that you're 
guessing and where I'm I, going. I, I know what it is already. I know it is, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I remember, I, I, I almost like, I watch your video as, as well, Mike. I remember watching your video and I watch, you know, other, other content creators' videos as well and listen to podcasts and everybody was loving it, but I was like, there's something that it just don't. It just don't. I mean, I love racing games, but this, I don't think it will do it to me for some reason. I, I didn't have an explanation. Then one of my friends got a copy. I played a multiplayer with him and I was like, oh my God, like, what did I just play? Like, this is, <laughs> this is the perfect solo racing game that I was looking for. And I chased down a copy and I was lucky enough to get it. And I'm talking about Hit Metal to the Pedal. Um, the best, pay attention to this, the best racing solo game for me out there. I'm not saying it's the best racing game because I really enjoy, I'm not saying it's a bad game either. Like, the, of course, it's up there in the top five in general racing games. But I, there's other racing games that I do love a lot also when I play with multiplayer. This is definitely the top there. But solo-wise, this is the best one for me so far, the best racing game. Uh, there's some others that I have tried. I think there's another one that's called Longshot, which is like a racing horse. That one is fun too. But in my opinion, not as near of this. Like the balance on the on the, on the mechanism, the, the, the how well they attach, if you know you know, motorsports to a certain extent, how well the mechanics and the theme attach on where you're trying to cool down your engine and also like on curves, like trying to go slowly. Like if you follow F1 of any of these sports, there's rules for curves. Like you have to go under certain, under certain speed, otherwise you're going to get penalized uh, time-wise. So I love it. I just love it. It was something that when I played Rallyman GT, which I know Rally races are different because those are based on time so it's kind of like a beat your own score and when in a real race yes the drivers are trying to get there first in a way but it's more about the time that it takes them that versus like a classic race right like but he the mechanics attached to the theme they play very smooth they play very well the automa is one of the easiest automas that i have ever seen and it's crazy to me to think about a game that you can play up to six players I think it is six players, the base game. Maybe I'm yeah. incorrect. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. But the Automa, it takes like two seconds to run the other five cards if you're playing solo. It's crazy. Um, there was another game that I backed not so long ago, Thunder Roll Quest, I think it was called, something like that. It was like a NASCAR kind of racing game. Yeah. I yeah. actually sponsored the game, so you could, if you have the game, you have a solo BG like track or whatever. But even if I did that and I had that huge bias of like, oh man, I have to like this, the solo mode was terrible for me i was dragging to it like it was i didn't like it at all i ended up giving away my copy like i was like i don't want this game um but he oh my god it, it's just the automa I'm, I'm in love with the automa from Heat. i i'm in love with the theme i just play once again my racing soundtrack i have a soundtrack for every genre that i can you can imagine on my spotify sorry for the advertising but i just play my <laughs> racing there i i have tunes like from f-zero from the super nintendo and from the main main soundtracks from the official soundtracks from f1 IndyCar, and I'm just losing myself on, on a tournament, on a Grand Prix, you know, through, through the game. It's great. The base game gives you, I think, uh, four different um, places where you can race. It has some variations with you can add weather changes, you can add rain, you can add different modules in a way, if you want to call it. And you can do like a, like a championship, right, which is pretty cool. And then they're coming up with the expansion, which I think is – I think the expansion, it's, it's, called, it's named in Spanish – but what is it called? Um, something like Heavy Rain. The, um, yeah, I, I saw it on a Discord. I, I Lluvia Torrencial. Lluvia Torrencial is the name of the expansion. Torrential which means, Rain. Torrential Rain, yeah. 
um, and it, it's gonna add it's gonna add the Mexico City uh, hipódromo, which is the racing right, the racing place in Mexico City, and I think it's gonna add something. I think one from Spain, uh, but I mean overall, Mike, I'm in love with this game. I know you did a playthrough. I remember, I think, from your uh, five points that you mentioned on every review that most of them you actually liked the game and you enjoyed it as well. Oh, I, I love Heat. Yeah. It was my... So I, I... You're putting in your 2023 list. Yeah. I was lucky to get a review copy before it sold out everywhere. <laughs> um, so it was on my 2022 list and it was my number three game of the entire year out of like over 100 games I played. Okay, so, okay. Oh, no, no. And I still, I still got it in my house. I love Heat. Heat is awesome. I play it a lot on, uh, it's on Board Game Arena now yes. also, and you can play solo on there. So uh, when I have free time, I'll just get on Board Game Arena and play a few rounds real quick. <laughs> so no, it, it is my favorite racing game of all time at this point. I adore Heat. And I have to say that I'm guilty of uh, of that as well. Like sometimes when I don't have to see uh, too many patients or I, don't, or I don't have meetings at work, um, I, if I'm in my office, I just play a quick game of I always yeah. play I always play on Burger Marina either that either, either Heat or After Us which is also like the Planet of the Apes even if they don't want to admit it with, from Art with Vincent to Tread which is beautiful another franchise that I love Planet of the Apes the original one with Charlton with Charlton Heston was one of my blown away movies growing up but yeah. um, but yeah that's another one that I play on Burger Marina while I work which probably I shouldn't say this but yeah that was my number two before we jump into our number ones um, I want to ask you first, and we're going to do this a little bit different. I want to ask you your honorable mentions, and you can mention two or three or four games, like, you know, very briefly, games that they didn't make the cut to the top five, that maybe they are on your tops from your from your channel. I don't know if you did a top 100, top 20, whatever you did. Yeah, but... they're, they're, it's, it's coming. I'm going to have a top 20 solo and a top 20 okay. co-op of the year video. Uh, yeah, I have a bunch. I'll, I'll name mm-hmm. I'll name three. Okay. That's three sound. Go ahead. All right, so one, this is a one to two player game currently. It's going to be three to four when they come up with another set. It's another very affordable one. It's, I don't think it's in retail yet, but when it is, I think it's only going to be 20 bucks, and the components are beautiful for what it is. This is Kinfire Delve. Okay. The first set is called Vainglory's Grotto. That's like the boss's name, Vainglory. So this is a, it's like a solo delving game, like one of those adventure games. But each character has a fully unique deck with really different powers and things. And you basically have like four enemies you can face at a time and you pick which one you want to go against. And whenever you defeat an enemy, you like discard cards from the top of your deck. And you're trying to get down through the deck until you get rid of all the cards and then you fight the boss. And it's it's fun. It's quick. It has a lot of variety because there's a ton of cards, but you only see a small number of them each game. Again, the characters are really good. And it is great co-op. I would say probably I slightly like two-player better, but solo is still awesome. Like it, it's really really fun. Okay. I have a, a I have a playthrough of it. I have a review coming soon. Like that that's a good one. Uh, two other ones. Uh, Apiary. Have you played Apiary yet? Steph? I actually got a copy from Jamie like three weeks ago, but I haven't had a chance yet to sit down and play it. But I, and that's on my list of on my it's on my top three of the queue list. That I need to play, you know, you know what I'm talking about from when they send me. I have those too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm looking yeah, forward. So it's uh, for those who don't know, it's uh, space bees basically. Mm-hmm. Like bees have evolved and taken over, and they're in space. Uh, it's a it's a competitive uh, euro, uh, a mid like lightweight midweight euro. So it's okay. pretty straightforward. It only takes like 45 minutes to play. 
the solo mode is the Automa Factory. They always do great work. Mm-hmm. But this one I found especially quick to play, fun, and varied. So I hope you like it too, Derek. Okay. It's got a fun twist on worker placement where you put down your bees, and when you get them back, they're stronger and they do actions better. But if they get too big, they have to hibernate and you lose them. So like they're they're leveling up, but then they go away. So it's okay. like kind of an interesting give and take. And and it's got uh it's got twenty factions in the game. It's it's insane how much like <laughs> like each faction is not crazy different, but they each have their own powers and their own boards. So yeah, that's that's one. And then my last one, I think you might like this, Derek. I don't know if you played any of these. Um, speaking about my childhood, and well, this is not my childhood. This is like it's my teen years. But I'm a big fan of survival horror video games and like horror video games in general. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, when I was a kid, I think it was on the PlayStation 1, I played this game called Resident Evil. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And you're hitting uh, hitting the spot. (laughs) Yeah. And you had like the uh, the worst, uh, the worst dialogue, like Mm -hmm. uh, Jill, you're the master of unlocking, you know, and just all this crazy (laughs) stuff. So, yeah. um, So. Who is it? Steam Forge Games. Yes. I don't love all the stuff they make. They're sometimes hit or miss for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, I played Resident Evil 3 last year. I thought that was really good. And this year they delivered a Resident Evil 1. So mm-hmm. they're kind of going out of order. Mm-hmm. And man, it's the, it's the best version of this system they've done. And especially for like solo or two player. I just love this one. Okay. Because again, I'm a big fan of the theme. They've added in like exploration. So like you're going through if, if for those who don't know Resident Evil, it's like basically zombies and viruses and things. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're going through this mansion, and, like, you're exploring, you can choose which way you go, you're unlocking things, you're getting shotguns and grenade launchers, trying to watch your ammo. It's got all the characters, it's got all the enemies. Uh, It's just, like, for kind of a a tense, not not as hard as Nemesis, (laughs) not not nearly as hard as Nemesis, but for, like, still a tense survival kind of freaky uh adventure it's just great so that, yeah it's resident evil one that's my last honorable mention for right now that one also is in my queue and i want to say hi in case she's listening i, I hope i pronounced her name correctly china or china blue yeah i think china i'm not sure i, I did i didn't meet them but i i don't remember if they said their name <laughs> yeah well, i mean i i i have i've have met her through email but that's you know how most of the publishers but they were uh kind enough to send me a review copy also of the retail edition i guess uh, of resident evil one uh, and I'm looking forward. I mean, I played the Resident Evil 2. I loved that, that game. I love, and I paint all the minis and everything, and I, I really enjoyed it. Resident Evil 3, uh, a little bit like mixed feelings, but this one I'm very excited because just yeah, as this you, is you yeah, I nail. think it's the 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 best. Like they've taken every lesson and they've, and it's also like the best produced. Like some of the weird component things, I didn't see any of that in this one, so. Looking yeah, forward. I, I like it a lot. Okay, so with the ones that I'm going to mention, these are my honorable mentions, and you're going to be the judge of this. So I'm going to mention a game, and you're going to tell me yes, meaning that the game deserves to be there, which is a good thing, or no, and why. Sounds good? Wait, wait, well, why do I determine what your honorable mentions well, are? Well, you are, you are the one with the most experience here between us. So. That's interesting. <laughs> okay, whatever. Let's right, go. Whatever. Well, I'll Let's do go. it. I'll play along. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, this one is, I hope I pronounced it correctly, uh, Arkeys or Arcase. Oh, I um, that's like the sort of Indiana Jones, yes. like Dungeon Crawler, right? Uh, Campaign. I'll say yes. I have not played it, but uh, Marcel on our Discord talks about it a lot, and he says he loves it. Beautiful production, beautiful campaign, beautiful mechanics, simple, charm, sweet, everything. Highly recommended. Um, Cosmoctopus. 
I love I love Henry Audubon. He's a yeah. friend of mine. He's the designer. So absolutely, go ahead. Talk about Cosmoctopus. Yeah, Henry Audubon. Uh, we have him. We had him on the podcast on 2019. I want to say, and it was funny because when I when I saw him at Jenkins, I was like, hey. You were in the podcast not too long ago, right? And he was like, I was in 2019. And I was like, is that long ago? He was like, yes. And I was like, no way. And then when I look on the Spotify, I was like, yeah, it was 2019. You, you got to bring him back there. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I, I think I got him after he released Space Park back then, which is a small game that I also like. But yeah, I mean, Cosmoctopus, great. The theme, um, even once again, the love that you put, on a, you put in a production. Now, I got the Kickstarter copy. I don't know if this is in every copy, but you have a comic book. Uh, that doesn't have any text, but if you scan the QR code on the comic book, it takes you through a link where someone is narrating the comic for you. So the, com- <laughs> really? so the comic doesn't do have that. any 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 text, but if you go through the link and then someone with a very professional voice acting way in a HP Lovecraft mood will tell you what's going on and basically to prepare you before you play the game. In that way, you can have a better context of what's Cosmoctopus, right? Like this giant mm. cos- uh, cosmic octopus i guess but yeah the game I, I i love it i love the mechanics are simple uh however they has it has some twists that they're very innovative the solo mode is very smooth and i just love it in general i mean i love the production of the components i got the plushie that now i'm a huge fan of buying plushies because i'm saving them as a way that hopefully my kids will get into board games by the plushies uh but see, see, uh, now you probably made the same mistake i did you got one plushie right Derek? i just got one yeah I got one as well, and my kids fought over it, and they were not happy that <laughs> I didn't have two of them. <laughs> yeah, I know. I never thought about it, but I just got. I have the. I have the, the space cut from Nemesis. I have one, uh, which I probably will add another one now that you mentioned it to the campaign before I close it. Um, I have one of those. I have the lunar lunar rush, which is another by Dead Alive Games. I, the, basically, the moon. Yeah. I have yep. the ones from Everdale. And now the the Cosmoctopus one. So I'm a huge fan now, now with the babies to try to get plushies. But you're right. Yeah, yeah. I didn't thought that I had to, to at least buy two every time. So it's a yes. Awesome. Next one. But by the way, I just, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Sure, no, I, I no, go, go for it. Go long, for it. Go for it. Just a quick story. Uh, the Space Cat from Nemesis. Uh-huh. Um, what was it? Awaken Realm sent me like at the end of the year one year, they like sent me like a care package. They're like, here's some candies. And in it was the Space Cat plushie. Right? Yeah. And <laughs> what are you doing? I love Awaken Realms. I love Awaken Realms. But this is just, just to tell the story. Uh-huh. My, my youngest comes in. I think he was seven or six at the time. And he's like, Daddy, what's that box? And I'm like, Well, this is kind of like a bribe, Colin. See, that they, they, they want me to like their games more. So they sent me, you know, that's, they were the same <laughs> sure, guys, of course. Yeah. But, but I thought it was funny to say. So then he was like, I want that cat. And I'm like, All right. So he calls the cat Bribe Cat, and it's his favorite pet like toy you know there you so go. He's like, this is my bribe cat, this is my bribe cat. <laughs> well tell him that i love bribe cat too <laughs> so yeah it's, that's right <laughs> I will, it's, I will. it's a fun story and a great plushie by the way uh, but anyway <laughs> I, i'm glad that so far we are kind of like in the same page with our list and that's fantastic next one this one it has this one has received a lot of negative feedback also okay. because of the whole campaign and delivery process uh, I really enjoyed it. I was lucky enough that Lucky Dog Games, which is a publisher that I uh, interact and work or collaborate, I better say it, a lot with them because I don't get any, of course, monetary, only review copies. Uh, but they sent me a copy of the Senjutsu Battle for Japan. And oh, yeah. I remember I remember when the campaign was going on, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, you shared with me one of the prototype versions of the game, right? And I played it back then, um, of course, 
it was like, okay, I enjoyed it, but that was it. Uh, I played the retail version from Lucky Duck Games. Uh, I put more attention to details and, you know, played play the game as much as I could. And I actually enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed it a lot. Maybe it's because of the theme, because uh, I'm a video gamer to an extent as well. And one of my most recent favorite games ever, that I it's to the level of my every game that I have played in all my life, my whole life, I'm sorry, in a video game-wise, and it's on my top five easily, is uh, the Ghost of Tsushima? Yeah, uh, I place. love Ghost of Tsushima. Oh man, it's it's, it's, a game. it's a it's. Did you finish it? No, I didn't finish it. I never finish anything, man. I'm, I got too much, too many videos. But I love that game. The combat, like the duels, you know. You know. Yeah, no. <laughs> so for me, I have that bias that the theme, like I was talking, like uh, uh, Ming Voyage and stuff, like the themes, is also play like a huge bias for me when I when I want to get invested into a game. Which probably that's not the smart way to do it because, as you probably can tell me, like you, we have to pay more attention to details like mechanics and balance and things like that. But yeah. anyway, I, I really enjoyed Sinjutsu. I think I, I had a good experience, very tactical. Um, I didn't have any problem with the system, with the solo system. I like the comic book campaign ish kind of thing. So it was immersive enough for me that to like it and, and do it as an honorable mention. Yes or no? Yes, no, no. I, I, I like that one a lot too. Okay. Um, I. I have my copy. I have. I did do a playthrough, but I've only played it about five times, so I still need to get back to it before I do my review. Okay. Um, yeah, it's fun. Like I had some confusion with parts of the solo mode, but generally it plays quickly. It's very hard, though. The solo mode, they mm-hmm. they'll throw like three guys against you. Be like, oh, hope you survive. You know, you just gotta <laughs> try to try to defend yourself as best you can. Yeah. <laughs> I was mentioning if you finish the game because the video. Game, I'm not gonna spoil, but. Basically, if you finish, you don't have to, of course, I don't do side quests or anything like that. I just focus on the story. But at the end of the story, first of all, the soundtrack of the game is beautifully. And and the graphics are like, oh my God, it's like beautiful. Like you feel like you're in yeah. Japan. Um, the dialogues, everything is so, oh my God, I want to play it again. But anyway, the last scene of this hugely cinematic game, you have two options of how you want to end the story. And however you do it, man, they're just gonna like bring you a surprise and bring bring a surprise and blown you away, and the music, the epicness of the music starts and almost like it almost made me like you know have a tear in my face like to some point on 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 the on the last on how the story ends on the game. So I was like, oh my god, this has been one of my best experience. I'm talking about Ghost of Tsushima, by the way. Nobody's saying you too, but um, it was. Oh, this whole time I. This whole time I thought you were talking about Senjutsu, and I was like, wait, where did I miss the music in Senjutsu? Like, I was like, where where did you get this awesome soundtrack, man? No, language barrier there. I'm talking about uh, about, uh, Gozu Tsushima. Man, it was like, it's just crazy. So if you haven't finished it, you have to go back and finish it. But anyway, so it's a yes. Uh, Really quick, Earth, have you played it? No. I've been playing a lot of Ark Nova. I haven't gotten to Earth yet. Earth, one that it's over there, solo mode is great. Um, it's a game that I thought that it was I wasn't going to like, and I ended up loving it. Um, but anyway, I, I won't go into much detail because it will be a lot. But Earth, it's also my honorable mentions. And lastly, a design by Rob the View. Uh, very simple design, very simple game. You only play through two seasons. Two seasons of this show. It has two double sided board, and I'm talking about Stranger Things. Simon Rob the oh. View. Uh, yeah, I didn't play that. Uh, back when he was on the channel, before he was just doing uh, Meet Me at the Table, Baron did a playthrough, so I, I don't know much about it. Okay, well, it's another one that it's... I like the solo experience of it. If you like Stranger Things, you're probably going to like this. 
once again, mechanics is very easy. You're just drawing tokens from a pile and hoping that you have enough power, I guess, in a way to mm-hmm. defeat each location and make sure you can uh, go after or escape from the Demogorgon. But that's basically it. My honorable mentions. I'm excited to hear your number one, Mike, as we are going and wrap up this episode soon. Um, yeah, this this was a tough one for me because mm-hmm. this is a great year of gaming. Uh, but I did pick one. One of my favorite things in games is modularity, combo ability, kind of like you said with Final Girl. I love games where I can put different things together and change up the experience. Mm-hmm. And this game offers that in spades, and there's more on the horizon, but you can still buy in for only 20 bucks. And that is 20 Strong from Chip Theory. Okay. This is, uh, if you don't know it, it's uh, you. the first set is called Solar Sentinels. That brings you like the dice and the little spinner that you need. And then you can take those dice and that spinner, and you can take it to the Too Many Bones set, or you can take it to the uh, Hoppelmachus Victorum set, or the upcoming sets. Each of them is like a $20 deck of cards, really, really nice cards, like plastic, beautiful, embossed, like metal engraving, like looking kind of cards. But there's, uh, it's like a resource management game. You're rolling dice. You can roll as many as you want, but you only get some back, and you're trying to defeat enemies. The enemies have huge variety in their powers and how those powers combo together. You have tons of variety in, like, the level-ups you get and the items and, like, the upgrades and how those combo together. Lots of different bosses. And, again, more to come. It's quick to play. It's beautiful. It's inexpensive, That which is all the things that I want from a game, you know, like a really good solo game that I can recommend easily. So, again, yeah, I'm not sure when it's going to be, like, widely available. Hopefully soon. I know it's been delivering, but that's 20 strong from Chip Theory, which is my number one. And that's the one that comes with little boxes, too, like... From uh, too many bones, Oplomacus, yeah, right? Exactly. So how exactly. do you how do you in, how do you in- integrate those? I guess in the game. So basically, the only thing that like goes from game to game are the twenty dice and a spinner. Okay. Everything else, like I, I just use the Sentinels cards for Solar Sentinels. I just use the Hoplomachus cards for Hoplomachus. I see. What you can mix and match is that every set has usually four to eight characters you can play as. And some of those you can use in other things. So a few of the Too Many Bones characters I can also use in Victorum. Or a few of the Victorum heroes I can also use in Solar Sentinels. But the cool thing is, like, with the same basic mechanics, the games feel very different. Like, uh, Hoppelmachus Victorum, you're... Excuse me, you're kind of going up this, like, pyramid of enemies and fighting these mini-bosses, and it's, like, very epic and very challenging. Whereas Solar Sentinels, you're just digging down some piles of enemies until you get to the end, then you fight a boss. It's like really quick, really dynamic, really fun. Too Many Bones has this thing where like you get rewarded for missing, so it makes the dice choices more interesting. So they're just, kind of like you said with Final Girl, they're doing cool stuff with the same basic pieces, and it's not too expensive to get any one part. So yeah, I just, I really, really dig it. I'm excited for that one because I remember uh, seeing it briefly at Gen Con, and then a few of my friends got copies of the game and they've been talking nothing but good things about it. So the fact that you put it as your number one of this year is like, once again, an automatic buy. Uh, besides the witchcraft also, that I'm very interested in the Africa one. Um, this one is also an automatic buy. And, and just, I love that. I love that publishers that are, I guess, to a way big enough of they have been very successful, like Awakened Realms. I hope they do it at some point. Like Cheap Theory is doing it right now. Uh, with the system, they have all these universe of, you know, too many bones, uh, Hoplomachus, uh, Cloudspire, and then they started to integrate those universe into a small production 
that still can you know be more I guess affordable for for the the general public I will say so I'm happy with your number one let's see if you're happy with my number one this is a game that I didn't enjoy the competitive version at all at all and I feel bad because they have so many different franchises that they use on their expansions slash productions. Um, I can see, you can see where I'm going. Now, they released the crowdfunding, uh, Restoration Games is the publisher, they released the crowdfunding where you can play this game now fully cooperative. Um, and as you can guess, I'm talking about Unmatched Adventures, Tales to Amaze, which I love like you have no idea. Once again, I don't like the competitive version of it. I mean, I enjoyed it, but it was like, yeah, whatever. Like maybe the, the hype around made me feel like, you know, I guess more like, well, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it. Like the whole world does it. And that's very something that is very common on me that I usually try to try to, you know, go, I guess, not against, but like with minorities, if you want to call it, uh, almost in everything. So this game uh, on Match Adventures Tales to Amaze for me was a big surprise. I backed it because I thought like, well, the worst thing can happen is that I, I don't like it either, and I just, um, you know, give it away or sell it. It's a re-implementation from Star Wars Epic Duels, which, once again, was a competitive version of the game. But this one, it tells to amaze how it plays cooperatively and how easy the enemy slash automa works and also the minions that you can put in the variability and the fact that they have already a lot of expansions from different heroes, from different, uh, uh, you know, public, I guess they're called public domain um, rights, uh, characters uh and they're gonna be more to come i think they're releasing the witchers next next year i mean mm -hmm. it's just fantastic that you can i recently got the spider-man one when you get spider-man doctor strange and she-hulk and you can have nikola tesla and spider-man fighting this mothman or fighting the aliens <laughs> um you know uh my hope will be that they get some of the dc characters i hope in the future and that way it can be you know batman and nikola tesla who knows like right batman and spider-man something which, by the way, spoiler alert, with the Marvel zombies and Marvel DCs, you probably can do. But anyway, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, this one, it just gave me so many good vibes. The experience was so epic. The the playing hand management, because it's not a... It, I guess you would argue if it's a deck building, but it's not because you already have the deck builded, I guess, in a way. So it's more like what will be like hand yeah, management? Yeah, I would say more like hand management, hand card right? management. Yeah, so I, I like the fact like you know, that the whole structure, which once again, it doesn't make sense because it's the same structure as a competitive one. But I just feel like it works. It really shines better in a cooperative version to me, right? Um, so it was, it was just great trying to... Um, especially in my experience, it's always like at the beginning, it's like, oh, this is easy. I just have to prevent for the modman to, you know, destroy these bridges. And you do a couple of movements without thinking too much. But then before you know it, now everything is going to chaos. And if you have the yeah. blob, if you're fighting against the blob, the blob is, you know, populating the whole mad. So it's just, it's just gets very chaotic. And and I love it. It, it plays well at, at solo. Uh, you can play two, two characters. You can play one character if you like, I guess. Um, you can also play three three players, four players, and it works fine. Um, it has different module, modules for difficulty on the rulebook that you can increase it. it will be crazy, but if you want to do it, you can do it. Um, the, the activation system is similar to the He-Man, I guess, in a way that mm -hmm. you shuffle the order of each that each enemy will and or hero will activate. And I just love it in general, Mike. I just loved it. I think you played it, and I think you have a video of it on your channel. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, but, I reviewed it and played it. But this was the one that I was more blown away, I guess, 
of how good it was uh, versus the expectations that I had. And that also played a huge part for me to have an awesome experience while I was playing it. And I cannot wait just to keep buying stuff, buying the Jurassic Park dinosaurs and play the dinosaurs yeah. versus the Mothman and, you know, like, you know, keep, keep Houdini and all these, uh, Robin Hood and all these franchises that they have or, or, or expansions that they have for the system. And I love, I really love that they were smart enough and innovative enough to, to say like, hey, you know what, you can buy whatever and you can bring it here. And this is a, this is a system that I'm sure, like, I, I, I almost bet that, they're going to come up with way more expansions for cooperative. I'm mode. sure. Yeah. Like more enemies for, yeah. and stuff. So, so Absolutely. what are your thoughts on this one? I, I'm glad you love it. I think it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that tells me everything. <laughs> what you, yeah, did, I mean, uh, what you didn't like? I, I mean, I don't want to get into that too much. I don't want to yuck your yum. No, 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 I'll, no, no. I'll, I'll, okay. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. I, so here's the thing. Um, so you have games like Exceed, uh, Battlecon, Sakura Arms, like these 1v1 fighting games. That's one of my mm-hmm. favorite type of game. I love those ones. I've never liked Unmatched as much. I just don't find it for my taste. I don't like the mechanics as much as I like something like Exceed um, for a few different reasons. We don't get need to get on to that. Sure. But I, but I do think Unmatched works pretty well. For me, I think Adventures is awesome. I totally agree with everything you said. I think it's great that you can play it cooperatively. I think it's great that you can bring all these crazy characters in and not feel like you got to beat each other up. I think all that works great. I love the variety of the minions. I love uh, how it's so simple to activate their turns. Mm-hmm. Fun choices. It's challenging. I, for, for me, as someone who like really like gets nitpicky about designs, I feel like some of the things were lost in translation. Okay. And not everything works... I, I, I personally am the opposite of you. I prefer the competitive unmatched to oh. this. I feel like some things about it kind of annoy me. But it's still a great time. <laughs> if my kids had liked it better, I might have uh, I might have kept it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, unfortunately, they've already played a ton of Exceed, and it's their favorite game. So they were like, okay, that was great, Dad. Let's play Exceed again. I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So they didn't yeah. really give it a chance. Well, <laughs> But no, I, I think it's – I think uh, – you know, restoration games, I think generally their designs go for like this really fun, like nostalgic, exciting gameplay loop with like pretty much everything they release. And I think this is right in that wheelhouse. And I think I think it's great. I, I, I love that they made it. I, I hope they keep going with it. Well, it's good. You know, like I said, like it, and this is a beautiful thing about our hobby that is, is I always say this, like it's very subjective to a certain point, to a certain point, right? Now, also, of course, like I can see that your opinions will also be based within a more solid, I guess, ground because you're also seeing everything from a designer perspective, right? Like I'm not seeing any of that. Like, like you, you probably could, could find like in any game in general, like, Oh, this is not well balanced. This is, this is that versus me. <laughs> so, like, I'm just enjoying the, the game, right? Like, it's like, well, I don't see those little things that I think it's better to be you a lot of the time. Like it's <laughs> it's annoying. Like everyone's like, "Hey, aren't you having a great time?" I'm like, ah, "I don't like the game. Look at that card." You know, it's like it's, a, it's stupid. <laughs> like just but any, to forget that kind of stuff sometimes, you know. And when you were talking about restoration, it happened to me, and I don't know if this has happened to you as we wrap up. That I recently and I backed everything for it. I recently played again, Return to the Dark Tower. Uh, I was playing with my wife, and for some reason. I didn't experience the epicness that I experienced last year and it almost felt like boring. So I don't know if it's because it's those games also like a big part is the nostalgia. Like you said, like it's probably, mm-hmm. 
nothing like you're gonna be excited about it. it's more like oh it is now i can play this cool game that it was from 30 40 years ago but now in a modern way i guess i don't know if that has happened to you with any of the restoration games or any game in general i don't know if you enjoy the the dark tower return to the dark tower or uh, not as much yeah so so restoration is like a consistent meh for me mm-hmm uh, like I, I used to play the heck out of Fireball Island when I was a kid. I got the new Fireball Island. My kids liked rolling the marbles down, but we didn't like the game. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I never played the original Dark Tower, so I didn't have kind of that nostalgia for it. But yeah, we played Return to Dark Tower. I love, man, the combat and the like dungeon parts in Return to Dark Tower. That's cool. I think are the best. Everything else I'm kind of bored with. <laughs> like all the moving around and dealing with the skulls. I just don't, I don't really get into that very much. Yeah. Um, yeah, my favorite game of Restoration would probably be Unmatched or, or Downforce. Have you played Downforce, the racing game? Downforce is in my top list of racing games. Yeah, like, see, I think that's a fa- fantastic mm-hmm. game. But also, it was already a fantastic game. Restoration didn't really do much for that one. That was pretty much already, <laughs> already the same as it was. <laughs> See, so, yeah, like yeah. so far, they haven't had anything. I, I have not played. Uh, my buddy got Thunder Road Vendetta, and I haven't played that yet. And that looks like a lot of fun. Oh, that's very yeah. fun, very, very. Yeah, fun. so I, I do want to play that. I know it doesn't have solo, but I do want to play that competitively at some point and kind of try that one out. Yeah, I mean that one. Um, the it's a one once again one of the my favorite also racing games because it's just rolling dice being very chaotic and and uh, and you know it's it's just fun it's just fun right mike before we wrap up first of all of course like always thanking you for your time but i want to mention a couple of things one um there was a game that you made this year that i actually enjoyed a lot um and i'm not we're not going to go into details we we talk about these external aspects that sometimes it's more it's nothing at all in the designer's standpoint. It's more like in publisher side of things. And sometimes when backers don't get the games or whatever, like there's could be there can be some I mean, unfortunately some negativity towards that game. But I tried this year. I was I, I won't say well, I will say how I guess. I, I was able to get a copy through eBay. And I think I told you this through personal text, uh yeah. when we were texting, right? I was able to get a copy through eBay because I love the franchise. So you made this year, well probably you did it. Uh, last year, 2022, but I had to play it this year. Mega Man Adventures, um, uh, based on the on the classic Mega Man game, and yep. I think I told you like I really really enjoy this game, and I do hope that you know everyone that back or pre-order whatever was the case that they get it and they get to experience it because it's just a lovely, easy, smooth, streamlined game where if you like the franchise you will really enjoy this one. And that was Mega Man Adventures. And also, also to mention to all of listeners and for you to tell us, you recently had a very successful campaign uh, with Peter. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You guys did no, Fle- right, right. Flame and Fang. Um, and I was, I'm one of the backers. Um, so Thank you. Where, I, I just want to do this shout out to, if it's going to be a late pledge for people that maybe they missed the campaign to jump in or, uh, or you know, when can... When yeah, will be yeah. next step, so, you know? so, so I'll say a few things. Uh, Mega Man Adventures is finally becoming more available. In fact, it's uh, going to be in Target stores soon, I think. Nice. Um, now, yeah, because uh, so <laughs> long story short, we put we designed that for Blacklist Games, and then Blacklist Games is kind of uh, not doing much of anything, mm-hmm. and they're kind of selling all their games now. Uh, we have not been paid for Mega Man Adventures, which is not it's ideal, terrible. of course. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but. 
that aside, Kess Games, who worked with Blacklist, they're the ones actually getting into retail. And they've been very nice. They actually communicate with us. And they're the ones getting in in Target and trying to get like on Barnes and Noble and that kind of stuff. So, and I think at this point, I might be totally wrong. Sorry if you're a backer or I mean a pre-order person, you didn't get it. But I think at this point, they've fulfilled basically all the pre-orders and almost everybody that bought the game got it. So, so yeah. So if you, if you want to play Mega Man, uh, they had it at PAX. They had it at Gen Con. It's, it's, it's happening. Maybe one day we'll get some of the money, but, but I'm, I'm in any case, I'm happy that people are playing the game. Like, it's I very fun. Games. It's a very yeah, fun I, game. I, I design games for people to have fun. Like it's not necessarily about me making, you know, I'm, I'm never expecting that to like pay too many bills, you know? Well, and I, um, I think I asked you like, what, I think one of my questions was like, when I took, when I texted you back then, I was like, Hey, when is the Mega Mega Man X coming up? Because of course that was also one of my favorite games ever. But with what you're telling us, I mean, maybe in the future, who knows? Let's let's leave the door. Well, I mean, there. D- definitely they got to pay. You know, we got to get paid before I'm going to decide <laughs> anything else. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's that's number one. Okay. Um, yeah. Then uh, for Flame and Fag, thanks so much for backing Derek. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So this is. The game was pretty much done when we kickstarted it. We've we've actually been going through the final proofs. We're going to start. Hopefully, the, the fingers crossed. We're hoping to send it to the printers before the end of the year because we wanted a very quick turnaround of it. Nice. So, um, it should be up on GameFound for like the pledge manager, but also for late backing. I'll say end of the year, early January. So yeah, if, if you want to get in, this is a uh, one to four player solo co-op uh, deck building campaign adventure game. Very, we think very affordable for the crazy amount of content we, we designed for the game. Um, yeah, so that one should be on Game Found for, for people to still buy into later. We don't know if there'll be any retail right now. I don't think that's going to happen, at least not this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Game Found might be the only way to get it. Otherwise, you'll be like Derek buying my games on eBay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I love your game so much that I have to get them. <laughs> you know, I need to <laughs> yeah. find my ways. I mean, let, let, I wish it was easier. You yeah. know, we're doing our best. <laughs> let me read the description really quick for this one. In that, way, in that way, people can get hyped for next year and they can jump in, in the boat before it's too late. In a world where dragons were thought to be extinct, somehow a clutch of eggs survives. Now hatched siblings must struggle to thrive in a harsh world that doesn't seem to want them there. Worse yet, they have attracted the attention of an evil presence that has begun to stalk them. Uh, Fleming Fang's player have to manage three different aspects of their dragon. They need to fight, the desire to fly, and their thirst for the hunt. Each turn, players draw and play cards and that let them fly around the board, gather resources, upgrade abilities, battle enemies, and turn new pages to reveal their story. Um, it has mechanisms of action event, cooperative game, deck construction, deck, bag, and pool building, among any other mechanism, mechanisms that are going to be integrated in the game. So... Once again, Fleming Fang, stay tuned for Game Found uh, Late Pledge, Pledge Manager. In that way, you don't miss this boat because once it's sailed, it's sailed, and then you're going to regret forever not getting your dragons. Well, we, we do hope, you know, if if, uh, if it's received well, if the reviews are good, if people want more, we have ideas to expand it. You know, there could be another campaign. I Not promising anything at all. Depends on how it goes. No, let's force <laughs> the people. Let's force the, the, time we've, let's force the, the people to be on Late Pledge. That's what we're going to yeah. do. Mike. That's the strategy. <laughs> so anyway, if you want your your favorite dragon game ever, this is the one. Uh, Mike, thanks so much for being in the show, and it's so this is the second time that you are here, and I always appreciate it. You see, now you're like Henry and me, like you didn't remember, but I, I mean, I would like to. You yeah, know, I knew I'd been on the show before, but I don't know what year it was. I it, think it was on twenty twenty one. I want to say. 
That sounds about right. 2021. I don't, I don't remember if we did a top or we just had you for an interview. You know what? No, I remember now. It was as we were approaching episode 100. So we were... It, we. Before episode 100, I did like 10 special episodes with guests like you, uh, Jamie Stegmeyer, mm-hmm. Mark Dainty, um, and um, among others that I remember on the top of my head, I'm sorry. I think Adam Smith from Rolling Solo. But anyway, um, you were there in the in the uh, VIP you know, podium of, of gaming industry. So, you know, thank you for being in the show again. I, I, I definitely don't think I'm more of a VIP than Jamie Stegmaier. I do my little bit. <laughs> yeah, for those, which I don't think are that many, uh, that didn't uh, knew about Mike's uh, contribution to the industry, um, you can follow them on One Stop Cop Shop on face, on YouTube. You can subscribe. You guys, you talk, correct me if I'm wrong, you have a Patreon, you have a Discord channel, you have um, you have the YouTube channel and social media as well, correct? Like they can find you as a one stop. Yeah, we, we don't. We're, I'm, I suck at like being on you know X or Instagram, any of that kind of stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm. we have we have a Discord, we have the YouTube channel, and then we also have a podcast. Uh, we're doing so. Yeah, if you, if you want to hear more top lists, I'm doing my top twenty solo games. I'm doing my top twenty co op games. Peter and I are going to do our top games of the year from everything we reviewed on the podcast. And then just uh, this week on the channel, or well, whenever this goes up, <laughs> recently yeah. on the channel, <laughs> yeah. I did my top uh, crowdfunding games of the year. And uh, Derek, Nemesis Retaliation was very high well, on that list. <laughs> I'm, telling, I'm telling you, man, 10 millions is nothing. So it's, it, I'm sure like <laughs> it's crazy. But anyway, Mike, anything else you want to add before we say goodbye? No, man. Thank, thanks for inviting me. It's always a blast to be on here. And yeah, bring bring me on the Spanish show. I could be like that one gringo in the corner, just like trying my best to keep up. <laughs> Don't worry, I, I, I won't let the, my other friends give you a hard time, and I will translate it in case you get. Uh, <laughs> to to all of you, my friends, uh, thank you so much for listening. This is the last episode of the year, so Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Hope you have a good one with your loved ones. Hope you play a lot. Hope you get a lot of gifts. But overall, remember to give love, and like always, until next year. This time, see you through the speaker. And at the tabletop. Drink tequila, spit summer at a Mexican bar. Stephen Austin, Davy Crockett, and I'm driving my car. Maybe life is simple and I'm making it hard. Maybe I should separate my brain from my heart. Wake up.
Go!